Hey guys, just a quick heads up here. We've got a new intro coming because I brought one off Fiverr. We pay for it before they do the work and I paid the guy like a hundred bucks. So I figured I'd use it at least once, otherwise my wife would give me shit. Means we don't really like it. It doesn't fit the vibe of what we do. Um, and it's quite loud. So I hope you enjoy the show, but tune down your headset real quick. You're listening to Notorious Age of Sigmar. We spotlight the New Zealand AOS community covering tournaments, list, and book reviews. Here are your hosts, Sean and Tubbs. Sean and Tubbs. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigmar, episode 38. We are back in your motherfucking ears with a brand new episode recapping a tournament in Wellington recently, just a couple of weekends ago. It's me, your boy, Sean. I'm joined by my ever lovely co-host, Mr. Tubman. Tubby, where you at, my friend? What's going on, my bro? Might have some content this time. <laughs> That's going to be a hard ask, considering how much <laughs> you contributed last time. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's me and Tubby, and we've brought on special guest, James McAttack. Don't know your last name, James, so James McAttack it is. James, where you at, my friend? How are you? I'm good, thanks, bro. Kia ora. It's nice to be on here. Oh, fantastic. So, we're going to recap a tournament, Silverstream Smackdown, I believe it's called. Is that right, lads? That's the one. Fantastic. And, uh, spoilers, James won it, so that's why he's on here. Um, I mean, it's, it's a pretty known winning podcast formula. Um, so, you know, no surprise there. So, we're going to recap this 2K five rounds two day tournament that we spoke about. James, do you want to, do you want to maybe kick us off? With sure thing. What you brought and why you brought it? Yeah, so I brought uh, Iron Jaws. It's pretty cookie cutter, I guess you could call it. Um, just the standard sort of blood tooths, twelve pigs, lots of punch, big more crusher with Fasten and Destroyer. Um, I brought it because I've just been really enjoying playing Iron Jaws recently. I think they're very strong. Um, they're never not good, you know. They've, they've got very few, like, really bad matchups. They've always got a fighting chance, and they can just bully people out of the game with damage and speed. So, yeah, it's fun, and it's good to play. Um, yeah. Cool, cool, my guy. So, Tubby, unfortunately, didn't come to the tournament because he's he's moved his ass back up to Gisborne, which is like a seven-hour drive, Tubby? From yeah, like seven or eight hours. Yeah, ages. yeah, it's... It's a it's a long minute, and your schedule didn't allow for it. So that was, and I mean, and the event was sold out. So you know, there's a number of things. Hey, you, you don't need it when you get heaps of master points from two events. It's <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later, my friend. But you did fucking smash it out. So I brought um, a limited realm lords list. It was um, Jack Armstrong's fox list, essentially. So it was uh, a Zytric for the plus one to cast mainly, and the extra spells, which was really handy. Uh, it was Severeth, a Lawseeker, and a Regent, and then it was 10 Wardens, 10 Wardens, 30 Sentinels, and then two Spirits of the Wind, so three Foxes, and a Battle Regiment, one drop. Uh, it's pretty dope. I'm not going to lie, it's pretty fun. Uh, fun for me, at least. I don't know about my opponents. <laughs> having, you know, having 10 turns in the game is pretty legit. That's pretty cool. Uh, when my opponents were really like, oh, it's into my movement, into my shin phase, so do you want to move? And I'd be like, yeah, boy. So that was good fun. Uh, so it was a, uh, um, 
I got drunk one night with Tubby and I wanted to get a, a hurricane list and I wrote a list of like kangaroos and shit and Tubby was like, nah, just copy Jack's list. So I did and I brought it like that night and then got it commission painted. So that's why I played it. I almost didn't run it. Uh, <laughs> and we weren't using the, looking to, for you guys to help me out as to what they're called, Predator. Predator oh, Hunter. Oh, Prime Hunter? Prime Hunter, Prime Prey, maybe? Yeah, Something like that. the Prime Hunter rules, whatever the fuck it is, update thing wasn't in. Yeah, it dropped yeah. like two days after we submitted lists, so there was a little bit of discussion, but like, yeah, very yeah. pretty quickly came to the conclusion that we shouldn't shouldn't be in place, particularly because there were certain lists that had like three to five like prime targets in the lists and would have skewed the results pretty heavily. Yeah, I think Maybe. it's yeah. I mean. I so I ran foxes and I only lost two foxes across five games, uh, and they were both in the one game. So like, mm. I don't know. It would have been two more points on the it game for me as well. that I lost as well. So yeah. I'm not, yeah. So I don't really have an, too much of an informed opinion about it at the moment. But as James said, so we're recording two weeks after the event. Now I got COVID post event, um, <laughs> so that was that was fucking cool. So that's why we're recording two weeks after instead of a week after. Yeah. Too many medical uh-huh. players. Yeah, there was three nickel players, Rose. Uh, so if I do stop speaking all of a sudden, it's because I'm probably coughing some phlegm up. So just, you know, just bear with me, listeners, please, in my voice. Um, and yeah, so we didn't play the Prime Hunters because, as you said, they came out like the Tuesday, Wednesday before the event, so a couple of days, and we'd already submitted lists. And uh, just quickly, as a TO, I think that's the right decision. I think that's like the only decision you can oh, absolutely. make. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, otherwise, sure. you say. Yeah, we're playing with these rules and you've pissed a bunch of people off because they've submitted rules to a rules, they've submitted armies to a rule set that's no longer relevant. Or you say, yeah, we're playing them and you've got one day to resubmit your army and then you have to check all the army lists again on short notice and chase people after everyone's seen each other's list, which is yeah. just bullshit. So I personally yeah. think Zane made the right comment there. I mean, yeah. the right rule. On that note, actually, Zane, I think, did a really like props to Zane because I think he ran like a really tight tournament in my experience anyway like yeah. I don't know if you had any TO rulings during the the tournament but I had like one or two and it was yeah I don't know he was really fair and concise and got stuff sorted out quickly it was good yeah I, I literally asked him one question about a mission and scoring and he just sort of you know like I already knew the answer but I was just fishing to see what he would say more or less um and that was fine. But on that note, yeah, I think Zane did a very good job uh, as a first-time TO. He jumped at the opportunity. He was energetic. He was present. He was accommodating. And he was really open to uh, feedback, criticism, critiques, whatever you may call it. And he's, he seems to be energized to do more. So that was that's the best thing. You don't want a TO to, you know, to do an event and be like, oh, fuck this, why did I bother? <laughs> yeah, some sometimes you go to and you can tell the TO by the end of it is pretty like worn down. Um, but yeah, Zane's just seemed like like actually like he yeah like he's energized by the whole thing, which is good. It's like DLA. Out. Yeah, yeah. Some people like that guy who used to run a Depticon are just fucking miserable the whole time. So <laughs> um, yeah, so no, it's good. It's good. So speaking of shout out Zane, uh, Silverstream Smackdown first of any ran. It was in Silverstream, which is a Suburb of regional Wellington, I guess you would say. Um, it was at a it was at a college at a high school, depending on where you are in the world. We call them high schools, but or colleges. So, what do you reckon the venue, James? Because I got something to say about this, so I want to see what you say first. Mm. Well, 
I think it was it was good. It was overall it was really nice. Lots of space. Obviously because of COVID restrictions, was, I think, or it was like size. You get a lot of space around the table, and we had very large tables as well. So lots of like sideboard area, um, breathing room. Uh, yeah, solid, solid. A little cold, but you know, what can you do? Yeah, we had. It was like a school hall, and we had enough. There was enough tables to fit like probably thirty odd tables in there, and we only had ten tables because it's twenty players. Uh, but there was heaps of room. You could walk around your whole table. You weren't joined up to anyone else. There's probably about eight feet of space between you and the next table. Uh, as James said, there's heaps of sideboards. Uh, you know, like it was like two or three tables banged together, and then the mat just chucked out on it. So. You had heaps of sideboard, which is really cool. Um, like I'm, I don't know. I when I saw it was a high school, I was pretty annoyed to be honest, because uh, I'm a big believer that you, a venue should have access to food and drink for sale because of how many games run late into breaks and lunches. So you don't want to be dealing with trying to go get food and stuff like that. Uh, but I was really actually pleasantly surprised uh, with the whole thing, to be honest. It was two and a half hour rounds, which I think is a little tight. Um, normally aimed for 2.45, just because some armies do play longer. Uh, food was literally across the road, though, so it wasn't too big of a deal, but uh, for like a... like When, when me and Tubby do events, we want like premier venues that have like everything, so people don't have to leave the venue. Um, but I was still... It's definitely one of the better if not the best school that I'd been to for an event. That's probably what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was still happy with it. I was I was uh, pleasantly surprised, absolutely. Uh, but I wouldn't want to play every event out of that sort of place because I just want there to be like... I don't want to have to think about where I'm getting coffee in the morning. I just would love to go to a venue and be like, they sell coffee, you know, shit like that. Yeah. And this is me being like super entitled and super... You know, like, travelled overseas, played at different venues, hosted events and shit like that. But, I don't know, hopefully the venue was cheap enough for Zane. Hopefully um, it wasn't too much of a hassle for him. But the venue itself was clean. It was big. It was warm enough. The toilets were clean enough. And there was paper towels in the toilets all weekend, which is probably the biggest thing, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's affordable, bro. I think that's the whole idea, like, not a huge event, so just do something affordable and people can actually play Hammer at a, at a tournament. Yeah, well, I think the event was only like 30 bucks or something, which events yeah. in this country are too cheap as they are, to be honest. But I, I won't get into that just yet because um, I'll save that for another rant at some other point. But anyway, so that's enough about that. Let's start talking about some fucking Warhammer! So, yep. James, my man, do you want to take away... Um, do you want to do it round by round? Because obviously Tubby's just here to ask questions and be a passenger. Do you want to do round by round, or do you just want to do your day one, and then I do day one? How do you want to do this, dude? Since you're a guest, I'll give you. Uh, the, you do what you want, babe. Let's go. Let's go round by round. I like that because. All right, my guy. Walk everyone through the day. How All right, my guy. So first round is. I have the players pack, and I was looking at it. And just said first round's round one. First round was first blood. <laughs> so there we go. First blood. What yeah. were you playing? How did it go? Um, so I suppose, like, I didn't actually run down through my list, so I'll just run real quick through what was actually in it. It was the Megaboss and Mole Crusher, 
with Fast and Destroyer, then Double War Chana, and a Shaman with a Teleport spell. Then it was a six Grunters, three Grunters, three Grunters, ten Brutes, and then twenty Shooters. So I allied in some some Grots. Um, the, the idea behind this particular list, um, building it this way, was just getting wounds down the board. I don't like losing a unit and realizing that I've got you know nothing left in the army. Like um, I'd like to have backups and screens and just meat to throw on objectives just bully people around. And this first round, I was up against Seraphon. Um, so it was a Starborn, just pure Starborn list with uh, lots of mortal wound chip damage. So allied in a um, Salicent Prime. A Hyperlift. Croak. Yeah, it's a really cool list. Very small like footprint on the board, but just just like so much power, so much projection. Like um, just gets you wherever you are. And if you don't have lots of wounds, you will just get sort of just wiped off the board. Mm. Um, luckily, I had wounds and chip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just D3s all over, just on multiple units every every turn. Um, yeah, I I would attribute the win basically just just having enough meat to survive. I was just on the objectives. My stuff was dying the whole game long, but I was just I had enough wounds in my list in general to just yeah just muscle my way across the board and grind them down. Um, yeah. So you were able to out-trade him on, like, bodies and wound count? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, basically. Like, I had a couple explosive turns where I just charged up my whole army into all of his screens and wiped them out. He did a... My opponent did a cool trick. Sorry, Luke. Uh, I think Luke Burrow. Yeah, it's Luke. My opponent. Shout, Shout out, Luke. Yeah, I love great Luke. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice painted army, too. But basically, I, I, he did something surprising where he put his Bastilladon, he teleported it, and used it to block off between two pieces of terrain, which actually stopped me from getting to the objective, which, which was really cool. But I managed to get lucky with some boar charges and dropped him down a bracket, so he didn't have that that sweet as one up save. Um, and then that allowed me to push through just enough damage to wipe it out in one go. Um, and so, if that play had worked out, the game would have gone quite differently. But um, yeah, basically, just I had enough wounds to trade efficiently. Um, he would send stuff in, do a bunch of mortal wounds. I would counter charge, wipe stuff out, and that just kind of was how the game went for the first three turns until I came out on top. Yeah, because I think you just want to kill his scoring units here, because essentially he has Croak, the Astralophera, the Prime, and then he just has shit to get in the way. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. he's literally wanting Croak to sit in the corner, and between that and the scenery piece, which is hella fucking good, um, to like ship you with mortal wounds through magic and then obviously the prime just dropping his, his comma as well yeah. um, it's been my experience, he's also got salamanders as well so that's a pain in the dick but it is what it is so mm-hmm. if you can remove his scoring units in the board and if he's not too aggressive with croak then you know you might be able to outlast is sort yeah. of what you're saying and it sounds like yeah. it was it close score wise or do you remember it was close until it, until it wasn't basically, like it, oh, yeah. we were within okay. sort of one point of each other until about round four, and then I tabled him. So yeah, yeah, he would have been. Set. So what killed Croak? Was it the more crusher? It was a a pig, a lone pig, because that was <laughs> about all I had left. Um, and what did he just roll super unlucky, or did he just like spike into a million? I, I just well, I mean, it's just Iron Jaw, so you can leverage a lot of damage out of even like small units. Um, yeah, and he really would, good at trading, eh? Yeah, yeah, and once Croak has no bodyguards, he's just a four-up save. 
with like a six up Archer save, I think, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, just can't roll that 18 or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you just really need to, like, on average, I think it's like 10 wounds. And you've got, like, an average 3d6 roll of 20 plus. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 9 to be, but whatever. Okay. Cool, man. So that's cool for you. So I played, uh, so just going in order, I played, or well, rounds. I played Rohan, who, um, and disclaimer, so Rohan played Slanesh, but Rohan said to me at the start of the game, I've already qualified for Masters, so I'm <laughs> just playing whatever the fuck I want, which I, I really love and respect, because I had also qualified for Masters, and I was also playing whatever the fuck I want, so, <laughs> um, and Slanesh was just not good, so we played um, First Blood, and the short of it is that I I tabled him by the top of 10 free, um, Slanesh is just not good, man. Like, it's just not good at all. Um, I can't really say much more than that. He had a pretty sick spell from Slanesa, which I will talk about, because it's probably the coolest thing that happened. Um, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Rohan. It was just like, when you have 30 Sentinels and three units, uh, three Foxes shooting against the Slanesh army, which was pretty MSU, just quickly it was... A uh, Keeper of Secrets, and then it was Sigvold, and it was Slanessa, whatever it is. Uh, and it was in a... Um, and then he's got Seeker Chariot, Seeker Chariot, Seeker Chariot, uh, Bliss Barb Seekers, and then uh, 10 of those Mortal Twin Soul guys that are actually kind of cool. And he's a one-drop as well. So, like, his army's... It's God Seekers, that's it. Um, I don't know enough about Slanish to tell you anything else, but it's just, it's 87 wounds, which I think is less than my army. Nothing. So, yeah, like, it's just, it's, I think he's only got like 20 some models, and 10 of them are in one unit. So it's, um, it's painted pretty cool as well, though. But the, the really cool thing in this, uh, matchup that happened is Slanessa has, cause we've got the corner deployments that are diagonal, I didn't realise this, cause I beat him in the magic phase, cause I have pluses. Um, but Sinessa has a spell, or Sinessa knows every spell, I'm not too sure, that um, you pick a hero and you roll um, a number of dice equal to the movement characteristic and every five up is a mortal wound. And you just have to be, there's no line of, uh, there's no range, it just has to be line of sight. So he went first and he said, I'm going to kill Sigvold first, I mean, I'm going to kill Severa first turn. And I was like, no, you're not. So he told me about the spell and he got it off and I was out of range, starting <laughs> bind. So he rolls 24 dice and every 5-up's a mortal. And he rolled like 16 5-ups and I was like, first of all, mate, your dice are cooked. What is this? Um, spoilers, they weren't cooked because that was about as good as it got for poor Rohan. I mean, I made all but, I think, four saves. Um, no, sorry, what am I talking about? He rolled about 15. No, I made seven, so uh, Severf had two wounds left. And I just held him up for the rest of the game through um, heroic actions and shit like that. Uh, but that was really cool, and that was a real squeaky bum moment for me that I thought he was gonna gonna kill one of my foxes in the first turn. So uh, he didn't. He didn't kill any foxes in the end. I think I lost twenty wardens throughout the game, and that, and that was it really. So it was um, a big win for me, and it was it was never really close score wise as well. I think I was going into turn three. I think I was up quite large, if I recall correctly, because he failed one battle tactic in round two, and he didn't score all the objectives in the first turn. So, yeah, it was just... Cookie-cutter Lumineff against Slanesh is not ever going to be... 
Yeah, it's, the it's one of the two cookie cutter lists or three cookie cutter lists of Luminef, and it was like, yeah. I want to bring what models I like in Slanesh, and Slanesh is just like, the, the transition from three years ago where that book was a, a beast to now is just garbage. Yeah. But anywho. Cool, cool. So round two, James. We are playing two for nail, my friend. So what what happened for you? It's a big one for me, James, round one. Yeah, so um, I was going up against Alex with his Daughters of Cain. Um, shout out Alex, I love Shout that. out Alex, yeah. Beautifully painted army again. In fact, that's going to be a, a recurring theme for this Shout moment. out Alex's wife for painting his army. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, not much to say about this. I, he um, he, did, he didn't realise all the movement and teleports that I could get within the hero phase. And so while he screened the front of his army very well, after turn one he, he moved out and left a large gap in the centre of his castle. Um, and perfectly more crusher size, so I teleported the crusher in Hero phase moved with fast and then hero phase charged with um, mighty destroyers. And now I was into his bow snakes without any overwatch, sorry, unleash hell going off. And um, yeah, I just squished him. And then, yeah, once you kill the 15 bow snakes from that list and you've got some way of dealing three wounds to Marathi, um, the game's over, basically. Because, yeah. So it, it ended pretty quickly and brutally. I mean, yeah. we both murdered each other's armies pretty well. Um, you know, Doc is still Doc. Um, they still slap in close combat, but yeah. When you kill the bow snakes, that that that, that firepower is just that's gone. Yeah. It's like a quarter of the yeah. arm just fuck loads of points, like five hundred and forty points or something stupid, and fifteen yeah. snakes. Yeah. So he just it's like a good example of like where. The meta's gone now where you just take more than a quarter of your army and one lot of output, and if you lose it, you've got nothing to trade with anymore. Yeah, that's, that's part of why those those lists for Doors of Cain are quite, feel quite boring, I think, to write yeah. sometimes, because you, you start the, your list and you're like, okay, well, 15 bow snakes and Marathi, okay, cool, I've got 900 points left. Yeah, like, and, and then I've, I've got to fill you got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So Battle Line and Buffs is what you got left, and... Mm-hmm. No other trading units, really. Yeah, yeah. So he, did, give, did he give you first turn? Because he's a one drop and you're a two drop, right? Yeah, so yeah. What so happened that actually, there? That actually came into play quite a few times. As I thought, two drop would be enough, but one drop is definitely right. Two though. drop is not enough. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. It's so fucking stupid. I did that at the last tournament. I was like, two drop sweet. I only got to pick one out of the five matchups at yeah. two drop. But anywho, so... Um, yeah, everyone gave me first, which is usually the right thing to do. But I've found um, the way I like to play Iron Jaws, I like to, you know, pick 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 my moments, basically. Um, yeah. And most of the time, believe it or not, I, for Iron Jaws, it's not... Not turn one is not the right moment. <laughs> yeah, so, because the uh, typical thing is that you go first, move seven times, and then charge, and yeah. try to <laughs> smash and bash across the board. Yeah, for sure. The, the temptation is always there, but it's not always the right play. Sometimes it is, but not always. Um, so I just like, yeah, whenever I take turn one, that's why I've got the shooters. That's why I've got two units of three pigs, because those mm-hmm. are my units for when I get given turn one that are just going to go, okay, cool, the rest of my army can just stay out of range of whatever bullshit you've got, and they're mm-hmm. just going to run off and score me points. And if they die, I don't care about them, and if you 
if they don't die, I've got now units that are still pretty scary. Yeah, there to play the game. So it sounds like he gave you first and didn't and underestimated the amount of room or the, the gap between you two, and you closed the gap pretty quickly and got into him. Is that yeah fair to say? Uh, yeah, I, I think it was a little bit of a feels bad for him, as I, I think, because it didn't occur to him that just the sequence of the teleport, the move, and the charge all in the hero phase. Oh, James, um, you didn't tell him how your army worked, you shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I explained uh, how everything worked, but um, I don't know. But that's maybe a discussion that we can have, because I did think about it afterwards. Um, like, is it, on, is it on you when described... Because he had never played against Iron Jaws before. At least I, didn't think he, I don't think he knew the, the rules um, of the army particularly well. So... I don't know. It's a discussion for another time, potentially, but just, like, what to what extent do you explain the intricate strategies and plays that your army can do? Um, mm. like, yeah, well, they, they should uh, be asking you about threat ranges at the end of the day. Like, you're not going to tell them every fucking little thing that you can do, but if they ask you about threat ranges or stuff like that, or they ask about your model and what it can do and shit, then you should obviously tell them what it can do. Yeah. But, if they yeah. deploy their army and they're not asking about fucking threat rangers, then whatever, that's completely their fault, mm-hmm. yeah, in my I, opinion. I'm not going to be like, I can move 36 inches and then charge your rectum. Like, well, you guys are mean, because that's what I do. Just like, <laughs> anywhere you put it, I can get it. Watch me move yeah. several. Yeah, but that's... 48 that's inches. Still worry, <laughs> <laughs> You're not playing Warhammer. I cast yeah. 20 times a turn, and anywhere yeah. you put your shit, I can shoot yeah. it off. So no, go fuck no, yourself. I, there you go. There's my intro. Yeah, on on the on the side bit of of that, I feel like you should. You obviously you disclose anything that you've that you've been asked, right? And you tell them about rules and like, you know, common spells or shit you might do. Like when we played James, um, you know, like the half move spell and shit like that. I didn't tell many people yeah. about it because I didn't use it. But then against you, it was obviously very valuable. So, but I wouldn't say this is what I'm going to do. You know, this is my strategy. I'd just be like, look, I can move three units in the movement phase, and then I can move my general again, I mean, in the hero phase, and I can move my general again in the hero phase, and then I can move in the movement phase. So effectively, I can move in three times a turn, yeah. or whatever it might be. But you don't need to be like, I'm going to do X, Y, Z in this order, and then I'm going to do this, and then, you, you know, so. Mm-hmm. But I also think in saying that, you can explain shit to people, and if they're like me, I'll just be like, okay, bro, that's cool, I'll get it, I'll see it when it happens. And then when it happens, you don't, you know, there's nothing like experience in it, and you're like, holy fuck, like, you told me you would get to me in the first turn, like, in the hero phase, but I didn't really believe that, and I sort of dismissed it, and now that I, now that it's happened, it's like, what the fuck, you know, that's that's a completely different feeling, so yeah, I feel like you probably... From what you described, you didn't do like a got you or anything like that. It was just, um, you know, you explained it, and then he um, was just like, "Cool, I'll see what happens when it happens," sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It is what it is, right? That's that's how some games go, especially if you're unfamiliar with another faction. Um, oh yeah, like when I'm casting spells, I'm like, "Cool, limit light on this unit," and they might only have one unbind, and they're like. Oh, I don't know if I want to use it. I'm like, you want to use it on that because that's the spell that's going to fucking hurt you, you know? Yeah. So, 
They're like, oh, but what about your ward save? I'm like, my ward save ain't going to matter if the unit's dead, you know? So just, but anywho. Cool, cool. So I played Mitch in round two, uh, and we're still playing Tiff and Nail. Um, and Mitch had a nugget, nugget, Jesus, a maggot can army, uh, where he had Lord of Affliction, and uh, he's named all his shit, so it's hard for me to read. Um, Festus Leech Lord, Lord of Plagues, August Demon's View, 10 Black Kings, 5 Black Kings, and then 2 times 2 plus all Bite Lords and a Battle Regiment, and he was 2-drop as well. He was Blessed Sons. Uh, so I played Mitch twice before the event, so I'd only played two, tw- well, two times with my army, with my Jack Armstrong Foxless prior to the tournament, and I played Mitch both times uh, in that in this matchup, and I lost to Mitch two times pretty convincingly. And um, the biggest issue was that I couldn't remove his large blocks, being mainly his Blight Lords, his Blight Kings, sorry, um, in one turn because of the after saves and if you just pop a bullshit rally and, you know, roll six dice and bring two back, that's another eight wounds. And then with the five up after save, that's effectively, you know, like eleven wounds, so it was just a pain in the ass, twelve wounds. Uh so uh I had a strategy in this that I was gonna just try out score him on battle tactics and stop him scoring battle tactics. And it worked somewhat alright. So I went first and um I Pulled my lads out of Shining, which is pretty rare for me because I wanted to run for you guys because of how our mission was set up. Because I just didn't want to throw dudes into scoring objectives that would just get taken off immediately. So the good thing is that he couldn't deep strike me, so that was handy. So his whole army was on the board, um, and I could just score stuff with Foxes turn one. But what I wanted to do is also destroy his Nurgle tree with Severov in turn one, which is what I did because Severov can do that on a two up instead of charging. He picks the scenery piece within an inch and destroys it. And that's what I did. And that effectively turned off Mitch's summoning for the rest of the game. And I don't know if the mess behind it or if Mitch just decided to abandon it because he never, like, summoned another tree. He did summon a unit in turn four or five, uh, but it was a bit of a Hail Mary at that point. But that was sort of my... My objective was to like frazzle him, not really kill anything in the first turn and just score and go on up, go up on objectives. And I went first and then he doubled me. And without going blow by blow, he had a very effective double turn, uh, where he killed a whole bunch of wardens and I had no wardens left who are like my go getting units because the sentinels don't want to be doing that. And the foxes, why they score objectives very easily, they only count as two bodies. And against a Nurgle, I mean, that's pretty tough. Uh, and the, the crux of it, I guess, came down to turn three, where Mitch won turn three priority, and he deliberated for some time about giving me the turn, or giving, which would give me a double turn, or him taking the turn, uh, because in my second turn, so bottom of turn two, I managed to kill all gods, which was my battle tactic, was to kill a monster, and he'd also thrown his Lord of Affliction into my army, because his Lord of Affliction has that artifact, uh, or a command trait. I'm not exactly sure which one it is. But the Lord of Afflictions turns off units issuing and receiving command points within seven and then like issuing within fourteen. It's oh, really it's really fucking annoying. I don't it's know It's so frustrating. Yeah, like and for me it's mainly just battle shock is what I use it for because I got this low ass bravery army. But it's a really fucking good ability. Um, and he yoloed it into my army, which was fine. So I managed to chip it off. 
so in my turn two, I didn't kill anything else other than Orguts and his general, which was awesome for me. He wins priority, and he's sitting there trying to figure out what he's going to do because he has 10 Blight Kings on his home base objective, again, diagonal deployments, uh, and then he has, like, four Blight Lords on um, one of the corner objectives, and then he has five Blight Kings on the other corner objective, um, and he also has two heroes on that objective. And my army is pretty much balled up on my home base objective. Uh, Mitch eventually gives... Um, he eventually takes the priority, so I remove the objective... Excuse me, the wide objective that has has his five blight lords on it and his two heroes because that whole block of three different units is effectively taken out of the game because they only move like four inches a turn at this point. So I remove that one, he takes his turn, he doesn't do a whole lot, and then I double him and I take off all his fast moving stuff and um my foxes essentially charge block the rest of his army for the rest of the game. And I had pretty much one in turn four, and uh, we didn't even play turn five because I was I was up like a lot higher than him, so I was pretty happy by that. So I pretty much just killed his priority targets, being his Lord of Affliction and all guts, and yeah, I killed all his um his Pascal Blight Lords because they're the ones that can actually move around in that mission. And I think Mitch just too hard committed to defending some objectives without thinking too long term. Like he literally just left ten Black Kings on his home base objective without moving them until about turn four, which you can't burn that objective, and I was never going to get it. But I also understand him being super defensive because I have three foxes that just move everywhere and move way faster than him. So, so yeah. Also, yeah. I, I, it should probably be mentioned as well that Mitch... I played Mitch twice pre-tournament as well, and he kicked my ass twice as well. Yeah, so, so I think maybe pre-tournament. Yeah, I think maybe he flew too close to the sun, you know. Um, <laughs> but I think there's a real, there's like a real phenomenon that happens there where if you win against a matchup too often, you don't like you 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 aren't exposed to how that matchup can go badly. Um, and it sounds like you sort of clicked on how the, you could play the game to be in your favor. Um, and you know that was his first time at the tournament experiencing that, and so he had kind of had to caught him mm. off guard, basically. Yeah, well, I think there was two things in this, and it was the first of all the not deep striking. I think um, works immensely in my favour because normally he would leave his um, his plus call blight lords off the table with his sort of affliction, and they'd just pop up like nine inches behind your home base. So I think that was extremely favourable to me. And then uh, the second thing that I think that caught him off guard was me destroying his Nurgle tree and him losing summoning points, which he would normally summon sort of turn two, turn three. But he was summoning, I think he summoned ten, um, what's the basic Nurgle guys called? The Plague, whatever plague they guys. are. Yeah, he summoned ten of those in turn four and tried to make like a, a Hail Mary charge that didn't work. So, um, so yeah, uh, like there's a couple of things that went well in my in in that matchup for me and yeah there was also sort of that um, moment as well James where I clicked and sort of realised what my army could do and I wasn't going to try out fighting because Mitch's army is it's a lot of wounds it's like 146 wounds compared to my 80 odd or whatever so 
I can't. I can do damage, but I can't do that much damage. And plus, he's got the five up save, so effectively, it's a third more of that wounds. You know, so it's more like 180 odd wounds. Mm. It sounds like um, it sounds like you just figured out the priority, the the, the target priority for that. To, in that, yeah, that I just I escorted him on the objectives, and I killed yeah. what I needed to to score the objectives. Unlike some of my other games, so yeah. So that's my turn too. So one. Um, pretty convincingly in the end. It was very tight though. I was, um, not that I tend to call games early or I don't, um, quit games that I don't have to, but after his turn two, I, I hit the bottom lip out and I wasn't feeling too good, to be honest. So, um, in the sense of I thought he was going to smash me, not health wise. But anyway, um, game three. What do you got for us, Mac Attack? Uh, so my round three, so this is on the Vice, is that the one? The, yep, the we played the Vice. Ways. Yep, King the of Vice. Hell, as Tubby says. Yeah, big fan of this, 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 um, battle plan, even though I tend to lose on it. Um, but, uh, I was up against Fire Slayers this time, so I immediately knew that it was in my favor, um, just because of the movement that I had compared to Fire Slayers. Um, this is the new book, uh, which was quite interesting. I don't really have a lot of notes on this game um, because uh, the, the fire I I outdropped and took first um, because I knew that with the, the the space between us, I could afford to give away a double and effectively waste two of my opponent's turns. Um, oh, easily with them just doing nothing. Yeah, because yeah. they're just so slow. So I took first and gave away the double, and then sort of baited in some of his. Uh, more forward units um, and fortunately for me the opponent took the bait sent a couple of hearth or sent a hearth guard unit in the way that he positioned uh, his heroes one of them didn't make it in to support that hearth guard unit and so that hearth guard unit just hit screens then the brutes behind them piled in and just demolished them um, and then the game sort of just you know continued from there I just kept killing stuff um, and kind of went my way around turn three, and we called it there. Um, I I really like the new Fire Slayers book, just as an aside. I think it's not as... I don't want to say smooth brain, but it's not as like straightforward as it used to be. It's, it requires a little more finesse to play, it seems now, and you can't fit quite as much in a list. But the the core identity is still there, and it's still got a lot of fun cool stuff that it can do, especially with that new hero, Uh, because I've since played another game since the tournament against new Fire Slayers, and yeah, they've got some really cool, like, techy, tricky stuff that they can do with prayers and different, you know, activation wars and charging in your charge phase and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, So I think, yeah, I like the book, um, and I think there's some cool potentially quite powerful lists and play in it. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I think both opponents I've played in this tournament and since have just been figuring it out. So I think yeah. I don't think we've quite seen the true power level of this book, but I actually think it's got some it's got some gas. Eh? I think. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've played against it a bunch, and it feels like the output and survivability feels the same, but then there's more to it than just like. Here's my 30 half guard. I push them in the board. Fight me. Ah. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't play like mm-hmm. that simply anymore. You have to mm-hmm. sort of construct of like the fight a bit more. 
but yeah. yeah. And had to do the yeah. Battlesmith. The Battlesmith is honestly the fucking most AIDS thing. <laughs> I <laughs> so depressing. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I, I, think, I think he did. He had he had one of every hero apart from the new one. I think. Yeah, that's cool to see. So in like a like a for infantry army where there's lots of support heroes all slogging around together. I like those sort of lists. Yeah, I, I I haven't played against New Fire Souls yet, but from the little research I've done and what I've witnessed, that's 100% it. It's not as brain dead as taking the 30 blocks and pushing in them onto ejectors and hiding a hero in the middle and just be like, yeah, four up, re-rolling, so just suck a dick sort of thing, you know? Like, it's it's a bit more creative than what it was, but, yeah, like, we'll, we'll see. I don't know enough to go beyond that, to be honest. Um, so yeah, come in. So I played Michael in the Vice. Uh, Michael fell. Uh, I never played Michael before, so I was looking forward to this. And uh, Michael was running a Legion of the First Prince army, and it's uh, it's pretty pretty meta Legion of the First Prince army. To be fair, uh, it's Belakor, Kairos, Rage First, uh, uh, Corn Demon Prince, which I didn't really care about. Blue Scribes, and he had some horrors, some flesh out, some plague bearers, and spell portal. Uh, so it's a free drop army as well. And his grand strategy was Beastmaster, which was the big thing that came in at the end. Um, and that army is, again, we didn't play with the new points, the new um, hunter points, but his army would have given up four additional points if I killed all the, all the targets. And um, there's not really too much to report in this other than I realised that because of the way that the vice works and the because he has a unit of 10 pink horrors, which turns into, like, 40 bodies at its peak. Is it? Or is it 30 bodies? I, I can't think remember. I think it turns into 20, because each, 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 each pink wounds. into two. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a lot of bodies. And I didn't touch the Plague Bearers, because I never had a reason to, and I killed the Flesh Hounds at the end, because that was easy as pie. But... I, I sort of realised quite early that I wasn't going to remove his, all his bodies. He's only 95 wounds, but he's got a lot of ward saves. And he's got some shenanigans. So I just made it a priority quite early to kill off his heroes to remove his grand strategy, because my grand strategy is prize sorcery. So I've got like five or six wizards in my army, so um, I could just keep at least a couple of them quite safe. So um, I... Went hard on Kairos as soon as I could, and I removed him by turn two before he could Kairos dice me. And then I, in turn three, I went for Bellacore, and Bellacore uh, bums my my Sentinel block, who did absolutely nothing that turn. So uh, Michael rolled every three up for every phase for that unit. Michael is uh, freakishly good at rolling three pluses. I played yeah, I mean, a lot. I mean, you, you should have. Bad. Yeah, you should hit the free boss pretty much all the time, right? But, like, yeah. you might say, oh, he's going to fail one of the phases, so what phase is going to be? And, yeah. um, yeah, he he didn't know. He was, he was fine. But I did manage to kill, kill Bellacor with uh, my three foxes and Sephira for moving over him twice in the charge phase and, no, three times, actually, in the movement phase in the end of shooting to do the 3 plus D3 mortal wounds because that's what Sephiroth does after he does a normal move over you. So I did that in the movement phase. I did it at the end of the shooting phase. And then when he charges you on a threat, you take another mortal wound. But Bellacor is a 5 up in this army after save, ward save. 
Uh, and I charged ten wardens, and so I'm just to finish him off, and I just got him. Uh, so I killed Bellicor turn three. Um, and the good thing about that was that it was you go, I go up until turn four. So I was terrified he was going to Bellicor like my Sentinels for a miscast to a double. I mean, not Bellicor Kairos, my Sentinels to a miscast for like a double one. So that's why I had to kill Kairos immediately. That's why he was a target for me to kill as soon as I could. And then Bellacor I knew was just going to be a pain in the ass. And um, luckily, top of turn three, he popped it, which was my turn. So I knew it was going to last one turn at most. So it never got to his, like, you know, um, it never got for a chance for me to get double Bellacord over two turns. So that must have been frustrating for Michael. And then turn four, he just consolidated in the middle with, like, his whole army, and I killed his rage first. And literally the, the difference in this game was... Um, he scored more points than me on two turns, I believe it was. He held the middle on turn four and five, which is obviously hold one, hold more. But I was able to pick up three monster points throughout this game, so that kept me in it. And then in addition to that, uh, I stopped him scoring his grand strategy, and I scored mine. So I won by three points, and it was the grand strategy that swung up for me in the end. Um, so I killed pretty much all his heroes, and I barely touched his... I didn't touch his plague bears at all, and I killed all his pink horrors, and he had a whole bunch of blues, but I just stopped shooting him because there was just no point, really. So uh, it was a great it's a game, game as well. when it comes down to that. Yeah, it's a real it was, game when it comes oh, down to that. Mike was, to be honest. Yeah, Michael was a gem to play as well. Like, yeah, he, he, <laughs> I felt real bad for him because I keep telling him he couldn't do shit that he was doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's... So like, and it shows how fucking rusty I am at the game, right? Because he was talking about, um, you know, when he casts Kairos and he like, you, and you change the lowest dice to the highest dice and it used to be like an unmodified change and he was on Arcane and I was like, no, you can't do that. So he was saying like, oh, it's a five and a two, so it comes to him, but plus one because of Arcane. I'm like, no, it's an unmodified change, so you can't give the plus, but, um, apparently that's, that's different now because it just says you just change the lowest to the highest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just Disney dice when it's like that. Yeah, and in addition to that, the Rage first to charge him when he was rerolling ones, I was like, no, bro, you only reroll ones when you're corn. And he's like, yeah. have you read the war score? And I was like, wait, what? This motherfucker reroll? So, yeah. Was, <laughs> so I, I had to apologize to Michael because there was a, a few things that he was doing. And I was like, come on, bro, don't do that to me. That's like, that's clearly not the rule. But he was, he was right, like, every time. And there was probably three or four times where I was like, you can't do that. And he was like, I can. I'm like, oh, fuck, sorry, dude. So, <laughs> so I, felt, I felt real bad because here, here was, here's me trying to be like, big dick, no, nah, you can't do that, bro. And then he's like, but I can. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> blame the wedding, Jay. Just blame the wedding. Oh, dude, so out of touch in the fucking game, eh? But no, nah, so that was, that was cool. I, Love the game. I'd play Michael again. It was super tight. And yeah, it literally came down to the grand strategy. And um, the mission favoured me because uh, I could just keep my Sentinels towards the back. And he killed a whole lot of them. And I miscast on my Sentinels as well in turn four. So um, yeah, he killed a bunch, but I did rally a bunch of them back because he got Bellacor into him. But um, yeah, it's just unfortunate because his army just sort of balled up in the middle in the end and mine was still free to move around and pick up valuable targets but anyhow it looks like a really close game because I came over towards oh, the yeah. end and it's just really intense all the way up into the end but um, I was going to say it sounds like um, sort of a consistent theme for your one games where 
you've just got really like spot on like target priority. Like that seems to be the way that that, that your list wins. It's just knowing yeah what needs to go. Because if you think about like Kairos, it's really the only Kairos and maybe the Bloodthirster are the only two things in in, in his army that are proactively going to engage yours um, with the, the the spell portal and the mortal wounds from Kairos and then the big the Boom Thirster from the Bloodthirster, the Boom um, Mortal mm-hmm. Wundora. Uh, apart from that, like the Legion of the First Prince doesn't really do anything. Like it, it does stuff, but it, it, it just hangs around. Bro. Yeah, it's, it's it sticks just like, around and it, it stops. It fucking you. hangs around way longer than you expected. Yeah, um, it, yeah. I find that you shouldn't really be apart from like Kairos and the Bloodthirster in that specific list. That sort of like classic control list. You don't have to be too worried about your stuff dying from anything else because there's not a lot of punch left outside of that in the army. Um, yeah, but I also feel like my army is a good counter to his army. Oh, yeah, because definitely. I've got a lot of... So the foxes are Ren 2 and Enceverif is Ren 3, which just goes straight from Kairos to Ren 3. And depending on how hot you roll D3s, which I rolled some pretty hot D3s over the weekend, so I can't complain. Um, it works out pretty well. And then because I've got mortal wounds from the Sentinels, the issue is that because we had the vice and we've got the huge deployment zones, it meant that I could get my spells off before Kairos got close enough. And that was the other thing is that I didn't want Kairos to spell in three of my spells a turn because his, his unbinding is better than my casting. Yeah. So that's why Kairos had to die ASAP. Like I think I did nine or ten wounds from in the first turn. And then he healed, he healed up, and then I won the priority, and that was enough for me to get enough shots, excuse me, into him, and kill him off, so um, that, that was good. And it was just a bonus, he couldn't use that dice as well, so, yeah, I think I have a lot of tools to deal with his army, because once the heroes die in that army, there's yeah. not too much of it in bodies, to be honest. Yeah, it falls apart. Well, yeah. yeah, it just doesn't do what it's designed to do. Yeah, the scribes are still bullshit, by the way. They're still fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's little, like, elements of Zinch left over. They're not in the Zinch book anymore, but they're they're still around. They're still really mm. good. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. So, Saturday night. What did we do Saturday night, James? We went out for steaks, mate. I went and got COVID, I think. That's probably <laughs> when I got COVID on Saturday night from that bar. But whatever, that's cool. So, yeah, we went and got steaks. That was cool. One of us didn't have a steak, though. Who was that? Mitch. No, Mitch knows what we do. Nah, it was really. It was, it was Michael. Yeah, Michael, Michael got, got a cheeseburger. Michael, unbelievable. But I think I think they I think they minced a steak to make the patty for his burger. I think that's what like his thinking was. Yeah, because when we went there, he was like, "The best burger I've ever had in my life was from this place." And then we ordered it, and he was when it came out, he was not happy. He was pretty pissed off because it wasn't too good. I think um, once you've had like, the best burger in your life, like the hype is hard to live yeah, up. Yeah, right? yeah, nothing else compares. Mhm, mhm. But yeah, so we we have a tradition where we go get steaks on um, after day one tournament. We go find a steak, well, a place that sells steak, and we order the most expensive steak that we can. Um, and it was good. And we had drinks. We had a whole lot of drinks, and I got real drunk. Then we went back to the Airbnb and played with all the cats. And tried to record a podcast, and it sounds terrible. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one's for the Patreon. 
Oh, no, not even Patreon, bro. You wouldn't pay for that. <laughs> so bad. And probably the biggest issue was that the owners were... So, Tubby, I don't know if you noticed, but the house we were staying at, the owners, like, lived in the house. So we literally had two rooms in the house. Oh, which no. was kind Sounds of even worse than Masters. And they were, like, they were like old white people as well. <laughs> like They were cute. Like, they were super cute. And their cats were awesome. They had five cats. Their cats were amazing. Oh, no. The cats Fuck, were no. One cat is too much. No, the cats were like some awesome sick Persian big fucking fluffy cat breed. They were really cool. And they were massive. They were like small big game cats, large cats sort of things. Indoor cat but, vibes for sure. Yeah. But the issue was that there was these like this old couple in their like sixties or seventies and I was in like full let's get fucked up mode. So <laughs> 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 Yeah, I won't, yeah, we, I won't put it, I won't put it on the podcast. Yeah, I won't put it on the podcast, <laughs> but I didn't put my best foot forward. Luckily, they went to sleep, and luckily, they didn't catch me doing what I was doing in their house, so that's fine. Yeah. Nothing too illegal, just nothing that you would want to come up on a... <coughs> or nothing illegal at all, actually, but just nothing you would want to be reviewed on an Airbnb. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that, eh? Yeah, so... the important The important piece of information was that our round four opponents were each other. So Sean and I had matched yeah, up for absolutely. first thing Sunday morning. So the there was a lot of um lot of lot of chat, a lot of talk that went down Saturday night. Obviously that ramped up as alcohol was introduced, but um It was literally a lot of chat by me and that was about it and you were just like <laughs> I'm going to let my talking be done on the table, cunt. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm drunk and obnoxious, so I'm just going to talk all the shit that I can. Yeah, I took the Swissy Duke approach. Yeah. Just didn't say anything. So that way, if I lost, I didn't have any any shame. Yeah, whereas <laughs> I lost, <laughs> and I, I have a bit of shame, but anyway. Um, so, I, round, I, round oh, four, yeah. marking territory. Do you want to set the thing, James? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. bit of a controversial pick for the battle plan. This is the one where it's got four, you have four objectives in each of the corners, and it's a, it's kind of like Knife to the Heart from um, Second Edition, where if you control all objectives at any point in the game, past turn three, start of turn three, yeah. start of turn three, you instantly win the game. And then uh, if you get to the end of turn five and not, that hasn't happened, you get minor victories depending on certain secondary conditions. Um, so, um, it's blood and glory for the old guard. Uh huh. Blood and glory, but you can remove an objective, which is yeah. literally what I forgot. That's quite crucial so. in this chat. I actually, yeah, uh, so yeah. I've got my notes here from the tournament. I wrote round four. Sean played a perfect turn one, then forgot how to play Warhammer. That is literally what happened. So yeah. anyway, so <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll jump into this, and I know you've got a hard out in a half hour, James. So we'll try. But I feel like there's a, a few lessons in there, so we'll try flesh this out. That yeah, useful information at least. Yeah. So yeah, yeah like um, Tubbs alluded to, the the deleting an objective is key. It's really big. Anyone who wins turn three priority in this um, battle plan, they will get to pick any of the four objectives to delete. Um, and that matters a lot because if you are on three objectives and you win that priority roll, you can delete the fourth objective that you don't control and you will instantly win the game. So if you're not aware of this, it can lead to quite a sudden and potentially like bad-feeling loss, um, uh, which unfortunately is what happened in this game, for sure. Um, we were both oh, no, it wasn't... 
Yeah, it wasn't too much of a bad feeling to be honest. It was just oh, like nah. a no. I was, I was, I was just like, oh, I got got. Like, yeah. but it wasn't even a I got got sort of thing. It was just like anyway, we'll, we'll explain it, and I'll yeah, I'll let you yeah, talk and, and I'll yeah. and I'll just don't let me talk too much because I'll go forever. So, <laughs> Basically, yeah. So James is a two drop, so I always knew I was going to win deployment, which yeah. mean I always knew I was going to win who went first, which is pretty critical because as Lumen, if you tend to want to go first because you want to get your buffs off. And you want to be able to inflict damage. Um, and, and I think we both knew this, like, because that yeah. was also what was going on in my head. Because I knew you would yeah. want to get your buffs off and and pick off some of my stuff. So I yeah. deployed, sort of knowing that, and yeah. knowing that I would get potentially get a double turn as well. And you literally did the best thing for me as well because you put your more crusher in the corner, which was excellent, which I very much appreciated. So the short of it. Um, well, as much as I can make it a short, is that um, there's a couple of critical things that happen here. So I had to lament light. So my law seeker went in the middle of the board on a piece of arcane terrain that could literally see his whole army and was in range of all of James's army for spells, which I knew he was going to die. Uh, but I burnt the Aether Quartz so he could cast the second spell. And the reason I did that is so he could lament light a unit, which happened to be six pigs, because that was all that was in range. And then second to that, I overwhelming hate his more Crusher, which means he has move. So his triple or four movements or whatever it is, is only at six inches instead of 12. In addition to that, James put his more Crusher more or less in the corner, James. Is that fair to say? Yes, yeah, so we had the... Yeah, you have like the shallow deployments in this zone. Yeah, you'd put your sentinels. Inches. Yeah, you'd put your sentinels next to some arcane terrain, um, oh, and that was like sort of arcane terrain. Yeah, 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 but that was like often sort of one corner of the board. So I was able to put my more crusher in the opposite corner of the board, and that would put me out of range of all of your sentinel bullshit, basically. Yeah, so you put it, I think, about forty-three inches. Because when you tap and um, spit a hish, you are out of range of the sentinels. Yeah. So I knew I wasn't killing the more crusher, but I knew I could slow him down. So I got overwhelming heat off on the more crusher, which was fantastic. And then in addition to that, I also got off total eclipse, which means he's double CP every time he wants to spend a CP. And I know your army's pretty CP hungry. So I got those spells off and I moved the foxes up. I also spit a hish severif, and this was probably the worst thing I did in the top of turn one, is that because I sped a hitch server if he can move 48 inches, and I literally moved him 48 inches for the sake of moving him for 48 inches. It was not a strategic play. It was literally like, I can move him from one corner of the board to the other, so I'm going to do it, just for shits and giggles. Um, but he moves to shoot off your um, your shaman, because your shaman has your teleport, which could fuck up my day, and your shaman was a priority target, and James had hit his shaman on a, was it a mystical piece of terrain or an arcane yeah, piece of terrain? Yeah, I try, kind of, I try to put him out of line of sight. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you did a, I could do. yeah, you did a good job of that as well, but unfortunately when you've got shit that moves as far as it wants, it was, yeah. yeah. You can and, so much. Yeah, and, and then I, I killed his, um, killed your shaman, and you know, I shot the last fox in the war chanter, which was just a waste of time because he didn't do anything. Yeah, rock hard. But then I, yeah, but then I shot my sentinels, and this is where I should have shot my last fox. Sorry, uh, because it should have. I shot two foxes into your shaman to kill it, which is fine. 
Anyway, I had one fox left over. I should have shot it instead of pigs that had lambent light, but I didn't. But I shot sentinels instead of pigs that had lambent light, and I killed. Was it three of them? I think you killed. Four, yeah, three and a half. Four. You, you but basically. You, you, but you rolled a six for the battle shock, which was yep. the big, which was the crux. Yeah. And so what? You would have killed. But you're on inspiring, weren't you? Yeah, I was down to one. Yeah, you were down to one at the top of your turn, uh, the bottom of turn one, which was the issue, is that if I shot the other fox, I might have killed it and wiped out the unit six. Uh, So anyway, so I I pretty much double CP'd your army. I had sort of tri-pointed you with the the foxes. Your Maw Crusher couldn't move over its own units because the Maw Crusher's base is like six inches and it was hard up against the War Chanter and the Grotz. So I was happy that I pinned him in the corner and that he couldn't teleport away. And all I needed to do with the foxes was like slowly retreat away. And I played this turn pretty well and I sort of baited you onto one of my ejectors. So one of my ejectors had hard stacks that you weren't going to get. And the second one I was baiting for you because I was wanting for you to overcommit to come to that objective and then for me to counter in turn two because I was assuming that you are going to take the double if you'd won it, uh, which you did. And then I was going to counter with some wardens and some foxes and kill it. And I'd done all this in my mind and it was fantastic and then I was about to shit my pants and I ran to the toilet <laughs> and I shat myself on the way to the toilet. I kid you not, this actually happened. Revenge uh, of the stake. I actually went to the female toilet as well and I felt super bad because I didn't want to go to the male toilet in case someone was in there because in the male toilet there's only one loo and a urinal and I was like, if I get to the male toilet, toilet and someone's doing a sit down, I will literally drop my guts. So I went straight to the female toilet because I assumed it had more than one toilet, which it did, and I dropped my guts in there, and then unfortunately a female came in, or someone came in, I don't know who, I didn't see him, <laughs> came in as I was in there, and I shamefully, uh, so anyway, that's that's in the side, but I I finished my turn, and I almost shat my pants in the yeah. toilet, I will never and I, I, I actually ran out of the, <laughs> the hole, and I had people staring at me and like clapping and uh, giving me was... shit. Because I yeah. knew what was happening. I will Too never forget. I'll never forget, Sean. You just playing like just an immaculate turn of Warhammer, and then just just like sprint waddling out of the <laughs> across the hall because we were on table one, which is like the furthest away yeah, from the, furthest away. the toilets as well. So you had to run past every other player in the tournament. Um, yeah, not ideal. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, so that, yeah. That was so, my turn one. So what, what did you do on your turn? On your turn two, bro. So, sorry, yeah, your so, turn one. Yeah, so you left me in a in in a in a bit of a pickle basically after that turn. I I spent I I recall spending a long time just sitting just standing there looking. Yeah, I wouldn't share, and I came back and you were still looking. And yeah. Gave you sh- yeah, yeah, because I just, um, yeah, like you like you said, you, you basically did everything that you needed to do for a like a good turn one. The uh, yeah, again, the only thing that potentially was bad was that you left Severeth a little close um, which in my mind I was like yeah, oh if I get a double I've got a chance of like, catching Severeth or another one of the foxes basically because you are also up against one of the edges of the board and Severeth can move a lot but he can't move off the edge off the board so Correct, my dude. Um, yeah basically I just saw as well that you left one of your objectives kind of open and I was just, in my head I was just like okay so I'm basically just going for the for the major win. I'm just going for priority on three. Um, if I can double you into two, I'll get the... I'll win ties on the, the turn three priority. So then yeah, I'll get smart. the double That's and basically really I'll good. have... Yeah, I'll, on an, 
So if I double you into two, I, I'll have the, pri- the advantage on the priority of into three. So I was like, I'll play for that. So basically just did everything I could to move the more crusher up, what was left of my pigs up, I moved one unit of three up t- in position to tag your sentinels. With then the you new, forgot to, yeah. yeah, 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 which I then forgot to move um, uh, for a second time because I moved them in the hero phase. Then I just left them out in the middle of the board like an idiot. Um, so we were both we were both a little rusty that morning. Um, it ended up going my way though because I got the double. Which basically, what that allowed me to do was move up my Maw Crusher across No Man's Land onto your objective while simultaneously sort of caging two of your foxes in and getting uh-huh. some charges off. Yep. My pigs that I'd forgotten about, I moved again and charged your sentinels, which thanks to the new Unleashed rules, yeah. um, I think you only killed one on the Unleashed um, but basically what that meant is I, ha- I pinned the corner of the unit and you didn't have enough there to kill 10 wounds of pigs. So yep. your sentinels weren't a problem for me for the next turn. Your f- I'd killed two of your foxes, which was great, and I was on three objectives. Um, so that basically just left the... It was, at the- it was your turn two um, before the roll-off. So you basically just had one turn where your sentinels weren't active, you only had one fox, and I had significant bodies on three objectives um, in like yeah, significant to the point where one plus so I think it was just one fox or severeth mm-hmm. was left and yeah, I don't think around. yeah I don't think I so had like 20 grots and a hero on one I had 10 brutes and a pig on another or something yeah and, and the brute target and, was like impossible because it turns off the one wound dudes so yeah. it's yeah. literally just my foxes which I was aware of but one thing that was probably really cool that you did, that I, at least I thought that you did, was that you had free picks and you charged them into my law seeker who was up on the board because he wanted to cast spells. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was going to die. But you charged three picks into him and you killed him. And this is in your turn one. Yeah. And then because of, is it because of blood too? So you can charge at the end of the combat phase? Yeah. And you charged into one of my foxes yeah. at that point in time which got you pretty close to the objective and got you in combat with the fox, and then you won the double, so you didn't have to, like, charge again and shit. And yeah, because basically, yeah. Yeah, the fox movement is really good at getting away from combat abilities, yeah. but when you can move twice well, when you remember and charge twice. Yeah, yeah. Because in my think, turn, so I forgot they could all move, and I just left them in combat, except Severus. Yeah, I was so a little... Yeah, yeah, I was like, what's this guy doing? What, he's yeah. got, like, a secret plan. He's he's seeing the lines that I don't see. No, no, see the Matrix. I literally moved Severeth away from the Moor Crusher because that's all I was concerned about, and I left the other two foxes in combat with your pigs. And then, of course, in your and then of course in your combat phase, you kill a fox and then you smash and bash onto the other fox. And I'm like, oh, cool. That was. And then after you did that, I was like, oh, I couldn't move my foxes. And you're like, yeah, you should have. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. So essentially, as soon as you, as soon as I'd done that poo, I forgot how to play Warhammer. <laughs> Is what had happened. Yeah. I was too focused on not shitting myself at the tournament, which was a very real fear for me, to be honest. Um, and it, and, yeah, and then my turn two was was super underwhelming. It was, it was so bad. It was really, really bad. Um, I did broken ranks to kill that one pig that was in combat with my sentinels, and then I moved Severeth away from the one objective. I cast uh, Speeder Hish on my 
10 wardens because my wardens needed to close the gap to try to get onto my objective that I'd given up that you had a more crusher on it and two or three pigs, I think it was. Yeah. So I had like pigs screaming. Yeah. So, so the idea was that I put Severus into that unit shooting and then also into combat, but I was going to charge some more crusher in a jank way with a more crusher. I uh, was going to be stuck in combat with Severus and not the wardens and then I would at least hold it for maybe one turn until, like, we'd actually have to play turn three in short, is what I was going to do, because I would have... Because um, I shot the pigs, and I killed one pig, and then I would have put the wardens into the pigs, and I was pretty confident I would have killed the two pigs with the wardens, and the warden, and the pigs were screaming the more crusher, and I was going to charge Severith into the more crusher, and then pile and Severith away, but still be closer, so you would have that head to part of more crusher, which is five bodies for the sake of... Objectives into Severith, and I would have lost Severith, but I sort of had 10 bodies to your 5. And then at least it would have had to be like, okay, we have two apiece come dice roll. And that was the plan, but then I did none of that. And I, I literally just moved the warden to like screen my sentinels, and I moved Severith away, and then we dice off a priority, and I rolled a 1. And you're like, well, I've won the game. And I'm like, oh yeah. And like, I literally realized when you said that, and I was like, okay, cool. That's, that's the game. GG, you know? Yeah. And that was it. So like, I, yeah. So it was like a very good game on my part from one turn, and then James played two really good turns, and then I just did nothing, and then James won in turn three. So like, it wasn't a feel bad by me. I was just like, this guy played better Warhammer than me across two turns. So like, yeah. So I'm sorry it wasn't like. I know it, sh- it should have been a better game for you. It should have been more challenging. Is what I. Oh, it, dude, it was plenty challenging. That was the hardest. That turn one after. Turn well, one. for a turn, it was, ch- it was yeah. challenging, and then after that, you know, it's like I flushed my toilet down the plane as well as my diarrhea that I had that morning. So. <laughs> it's the subtle nuances of tournaments, right? Like uh, that people don't people don't prepare for. You know, like difficult matchups, table height, and then shitting your pants. No, it's the red meat, bro. I know I can't eat red meat. I was just like, I didn't do any red wine with the red meat, but <laughs> it's probably, I think it was the red meat and the dark and stormy I was drinking, but anyhow, so, um, James outplayed me on the tabletop 100% and he deserved the win because he played the better Warhammer and the game ended on turn three and that's fine. It just meant that we had like fucking two and a half hours for the next yeah. game. Was that right? It was ages, eh? It was a long time, yeah. Yeah. Just to just wander around. Yeah. Spectate. Cause I, I think our first turn took about an hour. But then mm. your turn two and my turn two took about 15 to 20 minutes total. Yeah. And then the game was over. And it was like, okay, cool. So what do we do now? And we went and got lunch. Then so. what you did is you sent me six one-minute-long voice messages explaining the game. And no, that was... I did that when I got home. never stopped I did that when I got home. Yeah, well, that's because I know you don't pick up my messages. Like, <laughs> like you still haven't responded to the ones I sent you two days ago. And I need you to comment on that because otherwise it's it's too late. But whatever, we'll talk about that later. So yeah. Anyway, James, we've only got like ten minutes for you to go over your yeah. last game. So you just jump into your round five. So James is winning at the moment. So going into round four, James was number one because he'd make some um, order points, which was essentially uh, grand strategies, right? I'm pretty sure. And yeah. what? Yeah. And I was number two. So going into round. Going into round uh, five, James was number one, clear cut, because he was 4-0. And I was still number two at 3-1 because of um, ground strategy. So you just want to talk about your, your round five matchup, then you can sort of bow out with any final comments, and then I'll just talk shit about you when you're gone, dude. Yeah, sweet. That sounds perfect, bro. Um, 
Yeah, so round five was... Oh, shoot. What was it? It was the Apex Predator one. Um, whatever that is called. It's not called Apex Predators. It's Did you play those rules, though? Because, like, no one I know played them. Yeah, it's it's the one where you just play it like regular Warhammer because no one ever remember this, remembers this, the rules. But, um, yeah, I was going up against the Soulblade Gravelords list. Um Lots, uh, lots and lots of bodies. I think he had two blocks of 40 zombies, two lots of 20, Graveguard, Manfred, some direwolves, Belladama. The, the usual sort of just a bunch of shit that's just gonna, you know, flood objectives and die and come back and blah, blah, blah. Um, this, uh, basically I, I, I lost this game because we got to the bottom of three and time was up, and the TO had to come over and make a ruling, and I was one point behind, so it was called there, and the loss was there. Um, I I really don't want to turn this into like me whining about like games not going the full length or anything, because I think my opponent played as fast Bro, as he did. You even listen um, to this podcast? We're absolutely <laughs> happy to shit on. No, <laughs> anyway, no, all no, this motherfucker does is complain about slow play, bro, for the last <laughs> six years. You go hard. You do you. I think no. I genuinely think that my opponent was playing as 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 fast as he could. He wanted to give me a good game. I sincerely believe that. I'd agree with that just, as well. I just didn't. Yeah, I think just the list that was running and um, yeah, the the sort of two and a half hour time limit just did it. Just didn't work out. Um, so instead, I, I just wanted to because I've thought about this since then and just things that I could take from this experience, like learning, is like. I knew that going into that game, if I let the game go the way it would, like he wanted to play, it was going to be a, a slow game, um, and it probably wasn't going to make it to the later rounds. But for some reason, my game plan was, oh, I can sort of fight on the objectives, kill his chaff, wait for his deep strikes to come in, and then I'll go for the extra points in rounds sort of three, four, and five from the Apex Predators. Because my Apex Predator is way nastier than his, um, and I can just... Survival would have fit us, by the way. That's the mission. Survival of fit us, yeah. But thinking back on it, that was a really, really bad strategy. Um, that's a losing strategy, basically, because if I know the game is going to go long, then I shouldn't be playing four turns three, four, and five. I should be playing for turns one and two and trying to just maximize points and get as far ahead as possible. Um, and so I think it was just sort of like, a from a macro level, it was just a bad... Uh, game plan from me, especially because uh, I'm playing Iron Jaws. This is one of the situations that I mentioned earlier where maybe turn one is the return to go go in, go hard, because he gave me turn one because he's a one-drop. And I probably have the capabilities to block off the entire yeah. from Deep Strike with my yeah. move. Because I'm going to Manfred, he's got nothing that survives any of your combat. Yeah, and he, he had Deep Strike pretty much his whole army. He had Belladama, the Necromancer, some and 10 Wolves, and Manfred on the board. So he had four units, and, and only, what is that, 14 bodies, 14 models on the board. And I had my whole army. And he gave me turn one, and what I could have done was, like, just mighty destroyed, teleported, and just put my army across the entire board, taken every objective and blocked off any sort of deep strike from him, and then, you know, killed or tied up in combat, everything else. And that would have put me, like, pretty comfortably, probably, like, 10 to 12 points ahead of him come turn 3 to turn 4, at which point, you know, the game's kind of run away. But, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Um, 
it's always good to think about these sort of things and um, just yeah, think about what you can take from losses like that. But yeah, um, it still ended up uh, in first place for the tournament though, which was obviously fantastic. Um, so overall, like really, really happy with how I did in the tournament, especially because of the level of competition that was in the tournament. Um, there are a lot of killers out there. Sean, of course, um, like just like the top ten was just all nasty lists with really good players. So yeah, just really happy with my performance overall, and um, yeah, mm. it was a lot of fun as well. No, you've done well, dude. You've done well. So, um, so you lost to Ryan on turn three, and yeah, you felt like if it, three, yeah. you felt like if it went turn four, turn five, you would win. Is that right? I I wouldn't feel comfortable and, saying and, I would and, win, but and I don't and I don't mean in a because I've played Ryan before. Yeah, I have time for Ryan. I'll play Ryan again in a tournament or outside of it. I'm not trying to sit here and shit on him or give him a bad time. He has. Um, like 130 odd models in his army, so it takes a long time to move. Like, it, it, yeah, like there's a lot of recursion as well with the yeah, summoning. Like, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Like in my experience playing against Ryan, it's not that he's sitting there taking 20 minutes to decide what he's going to do, and then he does it. It's just like a physically taxing the army to play, and there yeah. is a there is an amount of recycle as well. And my experience with um, like horde armies. And again, this specifically isn't at Ryan. This is just a general comment I've played against Horde Armies is that if you can score early and the game gets called early, as in not five turns, then you'll generally win. And if it does go to five turns, you possibly will win as well. Because he doesn't have, like... Like, you have a lot of damage, and he doesn't have any good saves outside of Manfred. Like, you should never kill Manfred. You, you would probably... It'd probably be impossible for you to kill Manfred. Yeah, no, unless he wanted Manfred to die. Yeah, but other than that, like you should kill the zombies and the rest of it. So, um, I don't know. It's it's a funny one. I think like I wasn't surprised that he beat you, to be honest, because when the draw came out, I was like, yeah, he has a lot of like a lot of ablated wounds that he doesn't give a fuck about that he could yeah. just bog you down with. Like your more crush will charge forty zombies, right? And you'd be like, cool, I killed 40 zombies, and, and Ryan would be like, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, you killed something, I'm going to bring half the unit back, and you didn't move any, remove any synergy or buffs, so, like, that's fine. Like, it's yeah. it's in the purest sense of screen. And he, he played, like, a lot of the micro interactions very well as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, he played around my brutes. So I put, like, parked my brutes in the center objective because I knew anything that comes near them is going to be, is not going to be able to score because his whole army is one win models. Um, and he did some really cool tricks with like the six inch pile and piling in from six inches, but not to within combat range. So he could pile from six to like 3.1 onto the objective, um, which I didn't uh-huh. see coming, which is really clever. Um, yeah. Just little stuff like that, um, which was good. So he's obviously very good at playing that army, and um, yeah, I can see why he's doing yeah. so well with it. As yeah. someone that's played a fuckload of horde armies. You win turns one to three, and then you struggle for turns four to five most of the time. Like, you should get up and win, and then you should be, like, scrambling to keep the last points alive. But that's the thing about Horde Armies, bro. By the time you finish your game, you've got to fucking sweat on, because, like, you don't have any time to, like, sit there and make your decisions. You just have to go and just do everything and do everything with your gut. 
yeah. um, which chews up a lot of time. And then if you're putting like hard decisions on your opponent, so now they're like spending a bit of time thinking, which they're like absolutely like entitled to. Um, it does chew through the time, and a lot of the time you you are literally doing your turn five in the last like ten minutes of the game. Um, it's just the nature of the base day. It's like mm-hmm. part of it. If you like it, like I like horde armies. If you like it. Sweet as get heaps of practice with it, and you'll just get faster and faster. Your games will always go long because that's just how it goes. Um, but yeah, like I can see why it sucks losing games mm. to them, and I don't think anybody walks away, like myself included, from a game that has timed out. Um, and like you're the one playing the horde army, you're always like, oh, kind of jip them here a little bit, or. Um, I know that a lot of this time was taken up just me moving fucking 150 models or whatever it is. Um, yeah. 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 And I do have something to say on that, but James, because you got your heart out, is there anything you want to wrap up or finish or summarise or commentary or shout-outs or, or anything of the sort? What do you want to do um, in minutes? I'll just... I'll, I'll keep talking about the tournament because I think it was really successful in a lot of other ways. Like, the shout-out to um, Anthony Nalda who won Best Painted. He had a sick Corbois yeah, Army. Yeah, really good Corbois yeah. Army. Shout out to Michael Fell, who came fifth. He's uh, He was your round three opponent. Yeah. Uh, Sean's round three opponent. He's just... Yeah, I play with him all the time. He's he's the man. He's a great Warhammer player. Um, and also, one other thing that was briefly mentioned, but there were uh, quite a few women at the tournament just hanging around. I don't. They weren't playing, but they were there, and they knew... Warhammer and they were chatting with everyone and it was nice, it was a nice change of pace it wasn't just a boys club um, yeah, to see more of that in the future yeah. I think that's a very very good point you bring up there dude, is to have some um, instead of just white men playing Warhammer <laughs> yeah. which, is, which is to be fair what it is it's a, it's a white man's game um, and to have any sort of other demographic come in, I think is Tubbs is going to be like, shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the social... I know where this is going. This is going to go for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm dipping out. I'm going to wind him up and get out of here. Yeah, no, but I, I fucking love it. Do it, bro. I think it's so good. I think it's so good. But anyway, um, anything else, James Rowe, or are you just going to love us and leave us, my friend? Uh, yeah, love us. Yeah, love you, leave you. That sounds like me. Um... Yeah, I'm looking forward to Masters. Um, I think it's going to be pretty insane. I don't know. I, I, I'm, last Masters obviously was very intense from what I hear, but um, I don't know. I feel like it. Every tournament I go to, it only gets sweatier down here in New yeah, Zealand. You're going to love it, man. Like you're a competitive player, and Masters is literally the best event of the year. Always, just if you're a competitive player. So you're going to fucking jizz when you get there. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be sick. Alright, yeah, cheers guys. We'll, we'll, we'll get you back on before then, James, to talk about some shit, because I appreciate how you play the game and what you do. So, um, we'll have a yarn at that point. But thanks for coming on, my guy, and congratulations on the tournament win, my friend. Sweet yes, thanks guys. Okay, Congrats, bro. Later, man. Cool, cool. Alright, so. Now that, um, James has just pumped and dumped us. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do, Tuffy? Do you want me to, uh, to finish you, up my game you, five? Sorry, my night shift alarm's going off. <laughs> oh, yeah? you got to go to work. <laughs> no, I hope not. Yeah, I was going to um, say that that would, be, that would just be me monologuing for a fucking hour, <laughs> which no one wants to listen to. 
Um, do you want to run through your game five, I guess, and then we'll talk yeah, about um, some shit? Yeah, so I'll run through game five, and then I'll summarise how I felt the event went. And um, I just want to quickly say, because I'm going to forget, but um, just quickly going back to James's last game of Ryan, and I only didn't mention this. I'm not mentioning this because James is away now, but I'm mentioning it because James had shorter time. Uh, but yes, I do go hard on slow players, but I don't think Ryan's a slow player because he's always asking for feedback and he's always asking for ways that he can speed up and improve his game. So he's consciously aware his army takes a long time and he isn't taking ages to do shit. So I don't want it to come across as an I'm pooping on this guy because um, I've, I've played him and he's he doesn't take long doing shit. It's just a very taxing, lots of models to move around and shit like that. So it's not like someone who... You know, you give them the hero phase and then they sit there for 20 minutes trying to figure out how their turn's going to work, which is, I, I fucking hate that. Like, you always have to be thinking about what you're going to do during your opponent's turn. And I wouldn't say Ryan um, is excluded from that category. It's not like some people where you you, you hard pump them turn one and then it gets to their turn and they're like, okay, now I can think about what happened. It's like, no, bro, you need to be thinking about that as the game's developing. But anyway, so that's just an aside. So I'm not saying he's a slow player. Um, he just does have a lot of units, and he's got a lot of interactions throughout all phases, and he does know how to play that army. So, uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, so my turn five, we were playing Survival of the Fittest, and, uh, of course, we didn't play the predatory unit and, like, the non-predatory unit and, and that sort of shit because everyone forgets about that. But I played um, Alex, who I fucking love and I have a lot of time for, and I like Alex's wife. She's cool as fuck. Um, and <laughs> I probably should have said this earlier, but and so during the end of round four, because me and uh, James had so long, we sort of knew who we were going to play. But... The pairings was done through Tabletop TO, and the issue with Tabletop TO, I like Tabletop TO, I've used it multiple times and I'll continue to use it, but if you use someone else's score and you don't know what all the tiebreakers are, they might be different from the pack is the issue, which is kind of topical at the moment, except this was done digitally and not by paper like Adepticon, so I'm not trying to draw parallels because there isn't one, but... And saying that James had beaten, so going into the round five, James had beaten like the next top four people. He'd literally played two, three, four, five. So James had to pair down to like round to, to sixth position or whatever it was, um, which turned out to be Ryan, I believe it was. And then for some reason, I was second, and instead of pairing into third, I was pairing into like fifth. So like fucked everyone else's up. So I said to Zane, I was like, look, this isn't, the pairings aren't done right. Can you adjust this? And I partially did this because I knew I was going to play Alex. And I fucking love playing Alex. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of like why I asked him because I like playing Alex. But at the same time, it was the right thing to do is two should be playing three as well. Um, instead of, because I was paired up, it was like two paired up against five and then Alex was number three and he was paired up against like number seven or something. So it was completely cooked. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what was going on. Anyway, Alex was playing uh, Daughters of Cain. He's also got a one-drop, so James mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's got uh, Medusa Iron Scale, and he's got Marafi, um, obviously the Shitter Queen, and he's got 15 Bloodstalkers, so both snakes. 
and he's got 10 blood sisters, so that's combat snakes, and he's got 10 witch elves, and he's got two units of five canary heart renders. Um, I won the roll off to go f- to deploy first, which I think was absolutely massive in this game because it allowed me to apply as much or as little pressure as I wanted to during deployment, which I think is where I won the game. So I deployed right up on the line, and this again is another diagonal deployment uh, with three ejectors across the middle, and I deployed hard up on the line with my uh, with like a unit warden screen, the sentinels, and like my whole army committed hard to the middle left objective, and the foxes just sat in the middle of the board because they can just like in the, like in dead in the middle of my deployment because they can literally go wherever they want, and when I did this. Alex obviously saw what was happening and was aware of how far the Sentinels could shoot, the effective range of 42 inches, with a spell. So he deployed his 15 Bloodstalkers, which I think was the biggest mistake, like, in the corner, like, literally in the corner, board edge, the whole block, so they were about... I don't know, like 50-some inches away, it felt like. They were a long way away. So as soon as he did that, I said, great, I'm taking first turn. This is amazing. I essentially bullied him in deployment, and um, I took first, and he put Morafik and uh, Shadow Queen on the board edge, like on the deployment edge, which is scary, because they're only like 16, 17 inches away, so that's like more or less a guaranteed charge. Uh, And he put the 10 blood stakes there, as well, and he put his Medusa Iron Scale sort of like halfway between his board edge and his deployment edge, which I thought was really odd. Um, I think that was a mistake, and I think Alex would agree with that as well. So what I did is I um, tried to lemon light his snakes, his his combat snakes first, because I couldn't shoot his his shooting snakes so too far away, and it failed. Uh, he unbi- he unbound it, um, but my three foxes flew up, and I shot off his Medusa Iron Scale. Uh, Melusa Iron Scout, whatever it's called, uh, because it stops the bow snakes uh, 2d6 running and shooting, which obviously reduces its threat range. Uh, in addition to that, also stops five canary heart renders coming on the board as well, which could just be like a cheeky deep strike unit that I forget about later in the game. Um, and I killed his 10 blood sisters with the sentinels. And the instead of moving over to him, tapping him. Um, and I just never moved over. Uh, Marafi as well for the D3 mortal wounds to get those on her. So at the end of turn one, so sorry, end of my turn one, so going into the bottom of turn one, he had lost his iron scale. Uh, he'd done three wounds on Marafi, which is pretty standard, and he lost ten blood sisters. And he'd lost nine out of his ten witch elves as well. And his witch elves were like very tokenly soft like challenging an objective on the far side which my foxes just ran over so all he had left going into his turn one was Morafi with 9 out of 12 wounds as 15 bloodstalkers which are like 2 to 3 turns away from actually impacting the game because I was too far behind um, and his 10 heart renders in the sky and that was it so he he had like 2 units on the board which was amazing for me um, yeah, that's and a then, very good turn one yeah, yeah, I just, I killed too much, and where, because he he gave too much, 
don't know if it's too much respect or he was too scared of the Sentinels. He put his 15 bow snakes too far away. So he gave me too much room to move with and play with him because I put him on the line and I knew I was going first and he probably knew that too. Um, that was like, I felt like that was the big crux of the game. And then, um, we played to turn three, I believe it was, and I won the priority return and, um, I just like, it killed shit. And I think we were going into turn four and he had 15 bow snakes and I think that was it. And I had no wardens, but like 30 sentinels and three foxes and my general. So I had like five units to his one. Um, but I was also like outscoring him at that point too. So we just called it there. But, um, the short of it is that I, I literally put 30 sentinels as close to his deployment as I could get. And that forced him to either commit and let half the unit get shot off because that's what I would have done. I would have shot that unit if they'd come close. And then I would have had to deal with his combat snakes or, um, or he put them as far back as he did and they were out of the game for, you know, like the whole game. So I actually said to Alex after the game, I was like, I would like to play this matchup again, this exact matchup with the same mission, but him going first and seeing how it went. Because I felt like whoever went first in that sense, it was a bit 40k-ish, you know, like whoever went first had yeah, a lot of influence really in the game. Their life off. Yeah, because he would have done the same to me. If he... If he went first and deployed his blood snakes on the board edge, I would have done the exact same thing. I would have put my ship way far back. You know? So it was a bit... Um, like, I love playing Alex, and it was it was good playing him, and, like, he was jovial and it was fun. But it was sort of like a bit of a who-can-roll-a-d6 better for deployment sort of mm-hmm. situation. And then who responds to deployment better. So, like, I feel like I... I felt like the way I deployed, I made him, like, I forced him to make some decisions, and there was a right decision and there was a wrong decision, and in this instance, I felt like he made the wrong decision, so, you know, it's just like a bit of, bit of luck, so to say. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what I find with, like, the, um, I know we were talking about it before the podcast started, but, like, writing daughter's lists at the moment is kind of like, you feel so funneled into going 15 bow snakes and Marathi, and then there goes like a thousand points. And then really you just have buffs and fill up the rest of your battle line. You're, and your army's gone. Um, and like, it's a very good list. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Doc's bad, but it just, yeah, feels very bland. Like, I think it's just war, like AOS at the moment. Like the way it's like pushed itself is, with all these new books, like a lot of the best lists are just like big damage and and or big survivability, and then like no tech, no MSU, no trading. Like I don't, it's kind of boring. The game is a massive arms race. Like it's a huge yeah. arms race. And in this instance, me and him both had bazookas, but I got to use mine first. Is what I'd put it down to. Like, he could have, again, I think he could have very well, because his his bow snakes are two wounds apiece, right? So it's 30 wounds in that block. Yeah, 30 wounds, yeah. And I could have put everything into that block, and with Lambert Light, I might have killed it. Like, I might have killed it. But I doubt it. What's it? 30 you know, shots? It's just, 
but it's also like the foxes as well. So like, yeah, you know, like, and he's got his after saves and shit. So statistically, I probably don't kill the block right, but because he'd put him so far back in deployment, I was like, I don't have to worry about touching that unit because that unit will never impact the game until turn four. Yeah, exactly. So, and you can always get to that unit when you want to because you're faster than him. You've got a bigger threat range. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But had it had the roles been, I don't know. Like it's, it was, um, it was a pretty sort of simple strategy for me in that instance, which like, which felt good because I just got to bully him essentially. Yeah. Which is like, I'm gonna put my, I'm gonna put my hammer here, and it's gonna hit almost your whole army. What are you willing to lose? And he's like, well, obviously Marathi because she can't be killed in the first turn. So he did the right thing by just chucking her on the line, which was a big issue because Marathi did get into me turn two and she had some horrendous rolls. And if she'd rolled probably average, she would have really fucked up my day, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, so it wasn't like it, the, the game wasn't as straightforward as what I'm making out to sound, but. At the same time, it kind of was, you know, like I'd put myself in a very aggressive position to try scare him into the corner and it worked. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's how like playing against Luminef feels a lot of the time. It's like it's got if Luminef some can go very first, long range. Up, man, to be honest. Yeah. Very long range, awful outfit, but with a lot of like awful bully abilities, like the yeah. box move and the techless abilities and. Heaps of ways to shut people down and be a pain in the dick, which is actually like I think the checklist list is really fucking boring. Um, the checklist list is so good though, and I think counters Seraphon as well, which is a great. Yeah, thing. I, I I think it's boring as fuck. I, I'd put it in there with the rest of the top yeah, tier that I think is super fucking boring. Um, I but I think the fox list is is quite interesting. Yeah, because there's I, actually some movement to it, and it's a lot more glass. Yeah, the, the fox list is super fun and it's super glass and it's definitely not as reliable. Like if I played against an Agash or like if I played against Zench or anything that had some pluses to unbind, that really would have fucked up my weekend, to be honest. Because yeah. Luminef fundamentally still rely on can I cast Sun Metal Weapons? You know, can I roll a six? Can I do that? Cool, I've done that, I've got plus one, you know, I rolled a nine, that's a ten how much can you unbind on? On average, you're not going to get that. Oh, fuck, you're Seraphon, you can do it. Oh, fuck, you're Nagash, you can do that. Oh, you're another Luminiflist, you can, you know, like, so yeah, it's yeah. still, like, at its base, it doesn't do too much other than moves around a whole lot. But if it can reliably buff itself, it's fucking amazing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Which is what like, Luminef has always been. Like, you take Teclis out yeah. of Luminef list. Like, if you run Teclis in a Luminef list and Teclis dies, the list feels shit. Because, you just yeah, lose the game. It can still do stuff, but it's lost its, it's lost its training rules, essentially, you know? Yeah. So, and it makes it way harder. But, yeah, so the, the Fox but list is. The cool. meta at the moment just loves, like, like, realistically, in pretty much all the scenarios, you only have to, like, contest two objectives, which just makes castle armies super good. So something like Bro, a the meter is literally playing Warhammer in Australia. It's just like, can I table you top of gen one? <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. I can. Sweet. Okay, I've done that. Yeah, I win the game. That's literally what it is. <laughs> so WM1. <laughs> yeah. You know. 
anyway, so we'll, we'll quickly wrap up this event and then maybe we'll um, have a yarn about those things that yeah, we man. just had a yarn about. So, uh, interestingly, so it was only 20 players because that was what the venue capped us to. But it was really cool because there was uh, a wait list. So, like, more people wanted to come. I know international listeners going to be like, oh, 20 players is not a big deal. New Zealand has recently gone through COVID and we were essentially two years behind everyone else where the last two years we lived normally and now COVID's fucked us up. So we're late to the party. But anywho, uh, we did a real good job at keeping it out and now it's in and now it's just fucking up everything. So we were limited to 20 players. We had to wear masks during an event. Not a big deal, to be honest. Like, if the worst thing you've ever done is wear a mask for a day, then fucking how entitled and privileged is your life? Get over it. It's not a big deal. Um, but interestingly, the top five went 4-1. So that was really interesting. So James and me both drew even on, like, battle and everything, and he won on strength of schedule over me. Um, by a point, which is cool, because he bet me, like, head-to-head, so he should have won anyway. Like, I felt like that should be the first tie-break. Yes. Did you play he the won, second He guy? beat all the top players, didn't he? Yeah, all he the top players, he beat all of them. Uh, he bet all of them going into, ter- into, into round five, but then, yeah. like, they all sort of lost going into the end of it, so... I mean, I feel like if me and him are drawn on points and we've played and he's beaten me, he should win this tournament, right? Like, yeah. no other tiebreaker should matter, but he beat me in the head-to-head. So James came first at 4-1. Uh, I was, as I mentioned, drew on points with him. I came second. He beat my strength schedule. It doesn't matter. He beat me head-to-head. He should win anyway. Uh, and then Jesse snuck in on third position on 4-1 yeah, as well. Boy. He dropped a couple of battle tackles, though, so he was four points behind both me and James. But he won on strength of schedule by 0.08. So I don't know what the strength of schedule score means, but his strength of schedule score was 10.56, and then Ryan's score was 10.48. So there's a difference of eight in there. So Ryan, who bet James in the last round, came fourth. And then... Michael, who is James' aspiring partner, the guy I played around five, uh, the Legion of First Prince player, came fifth, and he rounded out the four ones. He dropped a couple of battle tactics. So, uh, I mean, grand strategies. So, so that was cool. Um, it was a bit weird just having the four ones and not the not the outright five zero. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Jesse was running a stormcast list as well, which I didn't think James wanted to run into. So that was one thing I was meant to ask James is what list did you not want to play? Because I would have said Jesse's list because it was a four man long strike. Gav, that's it. Gardas, not Gav. What am I talking about? Cookie Callow does just four minators, long strikes, Gardas, and vindicators, and then that was pretty much it. Mm. Lots of lots of vindictors or vindicators, whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that that was our top five. Uh, and then Alex, honourable mention, shout out Alex, because I love you, came uh, sixth at the top of the free two, so that was my last round opponent. Um, so yeah, that was the that was the last ranked event of the of the Masters year within New Zealand, so that locked out our Masters, uh, our top 20, which was cool. 
what do you what do you want to talk about now, Tommy? Like, do you, do you have any vibes or feels sort of game? You seem to be really anti metalist at the moment. Like, you're some special snowflake. Is there anything you want to say, or <laughs> what do you um, want to do, my friend? No, nah, first of all, I want to um, just say, if anybody wants to play James, he is an absolute crusher on TTS. He pretty much sits in there and just creeps on people's games all the time. So, if he's not playing, he's on Discord watching games, so that fella is always keen to play Age of Sigma. Um, and then I guess we can um, have a quick rundown, quick talk about Masters, what we know so far. Um, I want to talk about the Prime Hunters thing as well. well. Let's talk about that first, because more because I know it hasn't been, I know it hasn't been very well received, but I actually think it's like okay, well, very cool. How about I have some vape and. We're going to get another drink, and you talk about Prime Hunter for 10 minutes and give me a break, because All right. I need to clear my shit out. Yeah, I bet you do. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of it, because I don't like exactly what they've done with all of it. Like, I don't agree with every unit, and, you know, nobody... Like, they never get anything fucking right. Like, <clears throat> something is always wrong with Games Workshop's rules updates or FAQs or whatever that's going to upset somebody cool, good on you. Like, if you're new to the game, welcome, this is how it works. If you're old to the game, you're still complaining about it. Come on, bro. Um, But what I really like about it is it... I don't like that they have given extra points for, like, uh, hero monsters, so, like, unique characters and stuff like that, where you can only take one. But what I really do like is where they've hit units that are really good if you spam. Like, just quickly running through, like, Fulminators, fantastic units, way too cheap, does way too much damage. Spamming it is a really yeah, good way the, to play it. The price Hit point's it. too yeah. low, that's the issue. The price point's too yeah, low. It's, even if your army is a shit army, or just a standard army, like, if they're spamming this unit and they're trading with it because it's super efficient, you're getting points out of that, out of them doing this shit. Like, full, look at them. Like, Fulminators, everyone was scared as fuck that they were going to spam Fulminators. Stormwreck Guard, everyone's scared that they're going to spam that. Um, Raptors, Salamanders, um, the normal Wind Spirit guys, Bloodstalkers. What else have we got? Like, the Mega Bosses, where they... Uh, sorry, the, um, the Gargants, I think, is a little bit more iffy. Um, because that army is just so one-dimensional and dumb, but, like, I think that's a yeah. I don't know how problem. I feel about not, the Gargans, to be honest. Not them picking that as a problem. Um, going to chaos, like horrors. How fucking good. Um, I don't agree with like giving extra points for Kairos and Balakor and um, even the Demon Prince is a little bit weird. But like we've just come into Idenf getting a new book, right? After playing three years of people taking fucking twenty-one Morsar Guard, like. How good it would it have been to have like a a reason to not spam that list? Or if you did spam it, you have to be like very careful with how you trade, otherwise you're gonna give up heaps of victory points. I think if they use this, keep keep the same idea and just pick the units that are just getting spammed to fuck. Like drop your GHB, you're halfway between GHBs, um you're not going to get any sort of points updates. There's no FAQs coming. Something like this, dropping something like this and stopping these units that just get spammed and traded is such an awesome change to the game to get 
armies back in and be able to get them back on top. Because, like, if you kill a, a salamander hunt, hunting pack, say, with, uh, say it's been reinforced twice and you shoot it off, that's essentially the same thing as you getting your battle tactic that turn. You know, like, you don't have to contest an extra objective if you can take these guys out. Not only are you going to, like, put yourself in a better position to win the game, but you're also meaning that you can focus more output on something and give up an objective because essentially you are picking up an objective there. Um, I think it's fucking a great idea. I think some of the stuff hasn't been pulled off perfectly. Like, you know, why aren't something like Sentinels on there? But you can't fucking sit there and cry about that sort of shit. The points where I don't agree with it is where they've got, like, Marathi Kane. You can take fucking one of them. Who gives a shit? Like, you get one point, you can't spam that unit. Like, Severith, one of them. Bellacor, one of them. Kairos, you can only take one of them. Like, that's not impactful at all. Like, that's that's mm. pointless in my eyes. It's where you stop people spamming awful things. Like, those guys that were just taking, like, oh, what was it? He had, like, a 30-man unit of pinks, a 20-man unit of pinks, and, like, two 10-man units of pinks. Like, not only is that a fucking boring, shitty army to play, I'm sorry if you fucking like it, but it is boring and shitty. Um, but you're getting punished for it. Like, your army's super strong because you're spamming these super efficient, super good units, but you're also getting punished for it because not only are you probably losing out on some, like, versatility of being able to do other things in the game other than, like, your what your one-dimensional army does, but if you spam so many of them, you're trading them and they're out there and you can't screen and defend every single one of them. So you're giving back points to um, the lower tier armies. So I really like it where they just slap the high tier armies with the awful spammed crap because everyone's complained about spam for so long. In both games, it doesn't matter if it's 40k or AOS. Um, I think it's a really interesting different way to nerf them other than just pump their points up because pumping their points up feels bad as well when you buy a whole army and like say you're an old INF player and you've got fucking 25 eels, you've got 25 skyfires, 100 horrors, whatever the fuck gets your juices going um, and then they put everything's points up by like a huge amount to the point where it doesn't work anymore um, and you've got I don't know, three, four hundred dollars worth of models sitting in your cupboard that you're never going to be able to use and you might as well just sell. Um, it lets you keep that shit going if that's what you want to do, but you're getting punished for it, which is, I think, is really interesting. Because um, otherwise, yeah, I just, otherwise the game can get just very boring. Like, just take the biggest gun, spam the best thing. Just play this one-dimensional crap, which is like I don't that's know. That's what the game is at the moment, my dude. It, like, it is. It like, is. I, like I, I don't disagree. It's boring. It just is what it is. Like to be honest, and like like movement doesn't matter anymore in this fucking game. Uh, somewhat and disagree, but that's because I played a unit that can move twice a time. Yeah, that's uh, that's not <laughs> like so many of these games. Movement doesn't fucking matter at all anymore. Like. Everything just is either so tanky or has so much output. And these meta lists, but it just, I just don't, it, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's gone too far, like in one weird direction with these latest books where they don't 
have any cool tricks and rules to their war scrolls and they just do heaps of one thing um, and with like the reinforcement rules I, I thought when we first started that you're going to see more MSU and maybe one big block and I guess you kind of are just seeing like one big block um, but you're not really seeing any cool MSU stuff like and you're not really playing the objectives like you used to like because a lot of the time, like, you've only got to score, yeah, like, hold one, hold two, hold more. Like, you, yeah. You've only got to fucking hold, like, two objectives half the time, or two objectives and then a scrap in the middle. And it doesn't matter if they move off their back objective, because there's no fucking point going and getting it. So why would you take something um, that has huge movement or huge mobility to go and sneak that objective when you already hold two and you're contesting the centre one? That's where you have in a scrap. Like, there's no point you putting your unit over there. It's pointless. I I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's in a very strange place right now. But I think this I, whatever the fuck it's called, Prime Hunter stuff. Um, I think it's a really interesting way to to switch the game up, and I'm I'm a big fan of it. I know it wasn't very well received. Um, I know there should be other units on here that aren't on here, or maybe even some that shouldn't be on here, um, like those unique heroes and wise. But I think this is a really cool idea, and I think if they drop it at the right time, it will always be like. If they keep doing it, it'll be a really cool way to um, mm. to impact the game. Yeah, so to play the role of Devil's Advocate, do you think the role in principle, excluding the units they've picked, is good? Or do you think yeah, that they're just doing something is good? Um, no, I think I think the the whole role, like this whole setup, I think it's all all of it's great. I think. Um, having units which are oppressive and spammable like, yeah, and punishing it doesn't, them really doesn't good. Really I think having the, about the units, I, but just like the rule itself, the rule. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I think I think the amount of points you get for killing the units is good. I think uh, having the like the prime hunter factions is really good because like let's be honest, man. Some of these factions are fucking dog shit. Like Sylvanef, terrible. What do we got down here? Gloom's fight, awful. Bone splitters, awful. Like I play these armies, all right. So like, don't cry if I'm banging on your armies because I like them too. Slanesh, terrible. Skaven, I didn't think it was that bad, but it is not that good. Um, Nighthorn, like they've been doing so bad for so long. OBR, like every OBR player I know, fucking hates their army right now. So giving them some sort of reason to play their army is is great. Um, and getting them the two points, they're the ones that need the double points. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think there should be some other factions in there, maybe, um, that aren't in there. But that's okay. That's it's never going to be 100%. Um, but yeah, I think the scoring for a standard like 50 to 55% win rate army, just getting one point for killing these good units, awesome. It's like a really good swing, really good way to like keep yourself in the game, keep your opponent thinking. There's terrible armies like Bloomspite um, getting two points. If you manage to get some of these units, like, it can really, like, help. Like, just killing one unit of two Fulminators is two points. That's your battle tactic. Like, killing one unit of Stormgrate Guard just reinforced once, that's three points because they're a monster. Like, they're huge point swings. It's not going to put you back in the game. Like, it's not going to make the armies good, but it's going to give you something to play for, and it's you know, you might be able to sneak somebody out because they're not thinking about it or they position poorly or, like, you may be the better player, but you just have the 
fucking way worse army. Um, it gives you like ways to play the game in a more interesting way than just fucking shoot at each other and throw stupid damage output units into each other. But that's my that's mm. my TED talk. That's my five cents. <laughs> I think it's very cool. Yeah, no, I think it's dumb as shit, but that's just me. Um, yeah. I think it's a really lazy and this. The issue it's is not going like, to replace the FAQ or the GHB. No, but uh, well, the the issue is that like I'm somewhat agreeing with the internet, which I everyone wants to be unique and unicorny and off metery, but like my my biggest issue is it doesn't address the fundamental problem of what the issue is. And like, yeah, Gloomspite might or Sunish might get an extra point, but if I put two Stormdrake guard up against a unit of, of a unit of twenty shooters. Like for Glimpse Fight or like a unit of like I don't know, a couple of chariots or something like I'm still gonna win that matchup on a one, right? Yeah, okay. So like, so like, like how many, and so on. But like How many times have you lost a game because you've dropped a battle tactic? Yeah, quite often to be fair. Yeah. So like your fucking unit of Storm Drake Storm Drake Guard is worth a battle tactic. So if they well, get that in addition unit, to you're essentially dropping well, a battle so. tactic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's lost their game because they dropped a battle tactic, or yeah. like, they've dropped but, two. This is, the way I see it is this is just like another battle tactic on top of your battle tactic. So if you can score those like, things. It's a shitty patch though, because, so what you're complaining about is that, and please correct me if I've misinterpreted this topic because I've had a few beers and, you know, I've selectively listened to you as I do. Um, yeah. your, your issue is that everyone's spamming shit that kills shit in this game. And the game has lent itself more to how much damage can I do as opposed to how much fuckery can I do with my opponent in the way of scoring objectives and movement and, like, you know, debuff spells and the likes. So if it comes down to a one-on-one, like, situation between some Sundry Guard and some, some Grots, or, you know, like, if I have a Stormcast on me against your Grots on me, yeah, you can Wait. score, like four more points than I could score, but I should probably table you in, like, two turns. Unless you have Kragnos, which is, like, an omission from the list, but whatever. Like, I don't agree with the list. I'm not going to talk about what should be on it and what shouldn't be on it. I just think the list itself is um, a patch job, is what I'd say. I think, like, talking about it now, when, like, you're actually asking, like, what do I think is wrong with the game, I think which... Can we pull up, like, the top meta armies right now? Which ones of those don't like to castle? I think it's the score one, hold one, hold two, hold more, and the way that mm. a lot of these scenarios are laid out. I think that's the worst part about the game, because there is no rewarding, like, cheeky movement and, like, tagging units and piling around and doing little awkward jank things that normally separates, like, the yeah. the great players from the good players. Like, I feel like it's losing, like, a lot of that. Like, how many times are you had somebody pinch one of your objectives and it's completely swung the game on its head. Like, yeah. it just doesn't happen like that anymore. It's just fucking linear as fuck. Yeah, so I think... Like, score your I, battle tactics, hold your fucking two objectives, blow their dick off, and then yeah. by the end of the game, whoever has the biggest fucking arm, the, the biggest guns is fucking blowing their dick off and now... Uh-huh they can't score their battle tactics and they're going to fall behind and lose. I think that's, it's less about 
objective gameplay yeah, in my is. eyes right now than but, it has but, ever been in the history of AOS. Yeah, I think but like that's, it's really losing its its objective gameplay, which is what made mm-hmm. it interesting for me. But that's not the army list issue. That is the that's the game design uh, shift in going from yeah to like a forty k sort of meter where it's like hold one, hold two, hold more sort of yeah. thing. You know, like if it was if we were if we were still playing with like eight eight objectives or six objectives like we used to have in AOS two, Stormcast wouldn't be winning because they've only got seven fucking units in the army. Sons of Behemoth wouldn't be winning because they've only got four fucking models in their whole army. Yeah. And they can't score eight objectives. And it wouldn't matter yeah. if you score one, score two, score more. That's the thing, is that they've simplified the game to, I don't know, maybe generate it's, it's, interest. But, like, it's when you go score one, score two, score more, and you've got six objectives, and really you only care about, do I have three to four objectives in the fucking mission? Oh, and by the way, I can remove an objective. Then you are narrowing your scope of... Yeah. Um, what's the most appropriate word? You're narrowing your scope of the game that can be played out. You know, like you're you're shoehorning your players into playing a certain way, which is literally, I need to remove my opponent's models before they they win the game. Like to to answer your question, what armies are doing most successful? So Seraphon is the yeah. is the most successful army that. Uh, Thunder Lizards, I think it's specifically Seraphon is the most mm-hmm. successful army. Uh, Legion of First Prince before this update, I think was another big one as well. Uh, yeah. obviously the Stormcast, four dragons, uh, and a, you know, Knight Draconis and four, six long strikes. It was obviously like specifically that army, not Stormcast in a whole, but specifically that build was yep. another big one. And I think Beasts of Chaos have been one that's been creeping up yeah, because of the FAQ. Um, and Sons of Behemoth was the big one as well. Sons of Behemoth was the other big one because essentially that army was a damage check, which could possibly be responsible for that trying to table you mentality because that army was, can you reliably do 40 to 50 wounds a turn to kill a Gargan? Like, literally, yeah. that was it. Because if you ain't outscoring me by turn three or turn four, you've lost the game. Because I've got four big fat lads and I push them forward and then I win the game. And that was literally it. So. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's just not like. To, not again to game... throw shit against your point, but like one of the best armies sort of started AOS 3 with Sons of Bohemian for like a long term. Like, like a good six months or so until people had to damage shit to deal with it. But anyway. Yeah. To answer your question, Seraphon, Legion, Pride that has changed. Uh, specific Stormcast build, and I think Beasts of Chaos are becoming good because Beasts of Chaos have 400 models and they all do Ren 7. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, at the end of the day, it's just like game design obviously pushes your list design. Um, and then these, like, the big monster characters are better in AOS 3 than they've ever been. Um, but in my eyes, a lot of that's because you can't get big points swings like you used to, but you can get big points swings if you use monsters correctly. So that's what pushes them that way because they're big, hard to kill monsters that do lots of damage. Well, yeah, every list incentivizes you to have multiple monsters or multiple ways of dealing with monsters, right? So, yeah, because okay. if, you, if you have monsters, you can score more points. 
or if you're really good at killing monsters, then you should get more points. And that that is literally what won me the game against Sons of, um, I mean against Legion of First Prince at the tournament yeah. is I've got three foxes that shoot super reliably. Their damage is inconsistent because it's D3 damage. But in addition to those guys, I have 30 Sentinels shooting at you as well, which clean it up. And and that was what won it. That was the difference. Yeah. I said I had to reach an ability to hit them from across the board. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I think that multiple monsters is good. I think just having one very strong monster is good. Multiple monsters is just putting multiple points on for your opponent to score. Um, having one very good monster could make you more points than multiple monsters can. Without losing points, if that makes so sense. What's a, so what's it gives a, you more points without yeah. risking more points. So having one Archeon, Nagash, Craggy, whatever is... It doesn't need to be that many points, that's the thing, because I think Abyss Celadon is a very good monster for its points. Yeah, it's a fantastic monster for its points. Like, yeah, you absolutely. can be like, monsters take over, that guy goes, you know, he gets into combat, he's got a one-up save, he's pretty fucking good, you know, like he yeah, can shoot shit from across the board. Those ones aren't where you swing the game, though. You swing the games from the kill, uh, do broken ranks with a monster. Um, yeah, which is the warlord with the monster, bring it down with the, the monster. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but having multiple monsters isn't helping that cause. Just having like a good monster like, yeah, say, the Stilodon, um, you're not putting heaps of points at risk. You've just got one point at risk there, and you can make those extra huge points out of it. Um, yeah, literally the only good time to have additional monsters is the um what's the run for units ferocious advance is yeah that it? and it's one it's one point man and yeah. you only need yeah but realistically no, but you only need two you don't even really, need three you yeah, just turn one into a monster yeah but like playing my corn that is super cool for a turn because it means i go up a point but they all die super easy is the issue yeah. so if you have yeah, like you... which i think is where seraphon wins because they've got like you know you can go find the lizards and you can have, like, those fucking stick-it-ons, and you can have this King Chief that makes them run and shoot, so they're still, like, doing their function as they're playing the game. You know? Which I think is possibly why they're high up there. I mean, they're in Salamanders. But, um... Yeah, Salamanders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, like, really Salamanders. Yeah, it's just, like, they're really effective monsters, whereas, like, Corn has some really cool fighting monsters, but they're fucking unreliable in their paper. Yeah, and, and you give up a lot of points for running them. You do, that's the issue. I still want to run Because they're always going to fucking die. I kind of want to run Cornet Masters, but, like, they absolutely... I might, as, I might as well shit my pants at the table if I come up against a shooting army with Corn. That's the issue. It's just, like, yeah. not good at all. Yeah, and the shooting's so good. In such a good place. Well, um, yeah, especially right, when well, you let's... give everyone plus one a hit and just make it a command point and make everyone hit on freeze. It's so stupid. What do you think, Masters? What do you cool. think? Gonna... What do you? What do you? Yeah. What do you think? Um, what do you think we're going to see? I was going to ask what do you think is going to win, but I think more importantly is what do you think we're going to see? What style of the list is going to be there? Like, um. Are we going to see just, like, hard-out shooting? Are we going to see big, fast, punchy combat like Iron Jaws, super characters, Archeons, Nagashes? What are you, what are you envisioning? Yeah, envisioning, I can't yeah. say that word. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know that one. Being yeah. the, the top of yeah. the armies at, at Masters. Yeah. 
So What's the best pick change. in the meta? So if I um if I reflect on the last couple of masters within New Zealand and the last one within Australia, it was the new army that no one had really figured out at the time. Uh, so, for example, my Luminef last year. Uh, there's not a lot of Luminef within within New Zealand, and when I played Luminef, people uh, other than yourself and Bo were playing it for the first time and didn't really understand how to deal with it. Um, and then I think about the Masters before that, which is 2019 because of um, COVID. Jimmy was running the Big Bar in the old War Clans book prior to Cruel Boys back in AOS 2. And people didn't really have their head around Big Bar. And then if I look to Australia, to their last Masters in 2019, it was... Um, fuck, I forgot his name. He played OBR. Matt Terrell. With yeah, that's OBR. it. I was going to say, he was like... Yeah. He's on, he's on the world's team, yeah. He's the guy who lives in that shit town that um, Adam Burke gives a lot of shit. So shout out Adam Burke. Fucking love you, Adam. Yeah, it's, I love Adam It's Burke, awesome so that you man. lost a lot of weight and you're doing well, man. I fucking hope you're loving life. Shout out Adam. Um, yeah, like, I feel like there is a bit of an element of surprise in that. And we've got two new books confirmed, being The Night Horn and Daughters on the Way. And there's a lot of Daughters players around, so... Uh, if I'm wanting for, if I'm looking for a cop-out answer, depending on those books' um, impact in the game, more so Daughters than Nighthaunt, because Daughters seems to have always been good, whereas Nighthaunt's only had one book and it's not been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said it's probably Daughters, but mm-hmm. at the same time, so that's just a real cop-out answer. So a more educated answer would be if anyone has um, you know six dragons and some and six long strikes for some cast yep. would be a hot pick because yep. I don't think anyone in the country has it because all the storm drakes storm drake guard is sold out across the country and I know because I've been looking for them they're sold out across Australasia so I don't know anyone that has more than two I have two I don't have six but I have two uh, and ordering them from the UK with this whole shipping delay probably wouldn't get here in time. Uh, secondary to that, I think a low-key off-pick might be Beast Claw Raiders because they're still, because they're all monsters, they're all good at picking objectives, they still count for more on objectives than what the conventional new rules do. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think, like, a Zinch gun line would just smash people, to be honest. Yeah. Like, Zinch has, has always been good. There's a couple of good Zinch players in the top 20. I couldn't give you the winning faction. Seraphon is also fucking amazing. There's a bunch of Seraphon yeah. in the top 20. Like, as, as much as I would love to give you an answer, dude, and, like, pick one. You know, Bo is at the top of the rankings for, like, the second or third year in a row. I don't know if I've got a new book. He went 2-3 the other week at the tournament. I uh, know he was just trying some shit out that he wasn't, like, fully committed to. I haven't read the IDF book yet. I don't know how good or bad it is. Uh, James could just as easily win it with his own jewels, but I would think, off the top of my head, if I was to be a betting man, which I kind of am, I think a Seraphon or a Zenchami would probably pip it. And assuming we're playing the, you know, like, the predatory whatever they're called, the rules that we just discussed with 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, 
I think one of those two armies, probably if I'm the Lizards, would be in the best position to win. Also depends on the pack and what missions we're playing, which we don't know yet. So, no, we don't know yet. Um, and I'm not too much looking at the players, but if I was trying to win an event tomorrow, I think I'd be looking to play a fund and like, obviously if I had whatever resource at my disposal, I think I'd look, be looking to play like a fund of lizards list, to be honest. Yeah. So, illuminate yeah, up as well, but I don't know if it does enough damage and then, yeah, that's, yeah. Some cars obviously extremely good as well with a meta build. Just depends if they come up against a, like a, a Seraphon Buzzsaw because I took a very meta list, a very meta Stormcast list of you know six long strikes and four Fulminators to a tournament, and I ran up against three Silver. Um, sorry, three Seraphon players in a row. I lost every game, but I lost it by one to two points. Like they're very close. Yeah. They've got a minor loss on one, but Seraphon still beat out Stormcast in that build because they sort of just out and jaw and out and sort of like overwhelm them eventually, like in the attrition game. But yeah. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, that, that's my very long winded 20 minute answer to your two minute question. No, no, no. That's what we wanted. Yeah. I, I'd agree. I think Seraphon or Lumineff uh, are the, the top two armies going into masters at this point. Which is I funny because I think Lumineff totally counts Seraphon, but Seraphon fucks on everything else. Yeah. And I think if Doc gets uh, their book dropped in time, um, I know it's going to be cooked because they're elves and elves always have cooked books. Oh, Doc's um, always been cooked as well. Doc's never been bad. Why yeah, do you th- yeah what? I think that's going to be um, a quick aside. Why do you think one of them? Why do you think they're releasing the, like the uh, essentially third or fourth Doc book in three or four years? I don't have a fucking clue. Like, what's, just, what's that guy, Ben Curry, is it a follow? He plays yeah, he, doc yeah, he loves doc. mates with everyone? No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. We I think they... Well, and we said that we think we're trying to... And I mean, well, I'll, I'll say I think this in case in case you don't, because I don't want to embarrass you in front of the listeners, my guy. But I feel like they're trying to work out the Marathi issue, because they don't understand how to build a good Marathi scroll. Like, they don't understand how to build good Pinkara scrolls. Um, I yeah. think if that was actually the point, like just because a war scroll's fucked up or a book's fucked up because it's one dimensional, if they were just going back to daughters to fix it, that would be absolutely shocking because there's so many fucking armies that are in a way stupider position where they're just completely useless. Um, and you can honestly, they should just revert Marathi to the first rendition of Marathi and. I think that would be a fantastic change for um, her war scroll. And that's that's just like uh, one of those things they can put out with the FAQ, just completely change fucking Marathi's war scroll again because they have done it and they will do it again. Like They've done it to Pink Horrors for the last like, six years straight. So, And it's happened in Marathi a couple of times, so why wouldn't it? Um, but yeah. Honestly, I think going in to Masters, if you don't have the big gun, um, honestly, I don't think you have much hope mm-hmm. to be to be dead shit honest with you. I think if you're not yeah. playing Luminef, Seraphon, Daughters with a nice new book, um, yeah. maybe maybe Iron Jaws, I think you don't have a shit show in hell, to be honest. As much as, like, it'd be cool to see, like, a Soul Blight or a fucking... Um, 
what else is out there? A Stormcast that's um, a bit more interesting. Like even just Stormcast, I don't think they're going to have any shit show because they just get hard counted yeah, by maybe. by by these top armies, and these top armies just don't have anything that fucking smashes on them. And it's just so fucking one-dimensional in my eyes that they just don't get punished for it at all. Um, yeah. Or somebody just takes Gargants and just fucking gets good matchups and good scenarios and just fucking goes to sleep at the table and goes 5-0. Well, like, that's the thing, dude. So, like... That's you, totally possible. <laughs> yeah. But so, like, when you won with your daughters in yeah. 2018, was that? Yeah. What was the hard counter to daughters at the time? Was there a hard counter to daughters? Um, I can't remember to be honest. I know the this the okay, top maybe. three at that time were daughters, um, death, whatever, legends of Nimagash, yeah, and Zinch. Right, they were the yeah. top three armies. If you weren't playing those, you pretty much the same scenario. You didn't have a hope, but they all sort of counted each other, which was nice. Um, I don't see so, these armies match up so much as like countering each other. I just see them more as just like they just do one thing better than the other one, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So maybe a better question is when you had your run in 2018 to win Masters, uh-huh. if you reflect on the games you played and the armies you played against, did yeah. you ever feel uncomfortable in any of them? Or were you just like a buzzsaw running for everyone? Um, nah, I was pretty much just a buzzsaw running through everyone. I knew what I was doing and my army just played my army's game and that was, yeah. that, was that, to be honest. And as long yeah. as I didn't fuck up like how to play my army well, then yeah. I knew I could pretty much take anybody. Yeah, and Unless I know... They're like scenario, scenario dependent as well, right? Like yeah. um, getting like I played James in like game four, I think, um, with Legends in the Gash. And if yeah, I got him in a different scenario, it would have been a lot yeah. harder. Yeah, but it was Duality of Death, so it's just like, it's just yeah, an auto win for me. Yeah, doppelganger cloak and yeah. all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, all kinds of bullshit. I think um, it's like, uh, Last Masters was pretty good. I feel like anybody was to win, like I feel like it was a bit, lot better playing field for who could be up to win, I feel like the first Masters where it was like the Paper Scissors Rock of like Murder Host, Change Host and Clown Car, that was a lot better like um, meta to, to have a have a chance with um, but I think, yeah, this one is you just don't need the tools, you just, just need the yeah, yeah. you just, yeah I, yeah. I just don't value tools at all in this game, and that's weird because for the last how long we've been fucking playing it, six years, having tools has always been good. Whether yeah. it's one tool piece or two tool pieces, always been a really good way to swing the game. I just mm. don't see it being very important anymore. Yeah, having options is always your best friend to success, essentially. So, like, yeah. and I felt the same last year in Masters when. When I won it with my Lumine, if I felt like if I could survive the buzzsaw that was your KO output, then I could probably beat everything else. I yep. wasn't super stoked about the Daughters of Cain matchups, uh, because that was the whole teleport, double shoot, double shoot, Marathi, 
shit, and that was also one drop as well, although drop. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't too thrilled about that matchup too. I was stoked that there was no Zinch coming to the tournament because I felt like Zinch yeah. would have countered my Lumineer. That would have been a really good matchup. Yeah. yeah, but there was no Zinch. So like, it was the same thing again. It's like, you can only beat who's in front of you sort of thing. But at the same time, you know, I survived. I played a a KO round one, which is all good. And yeah, I played some um, Ogres in round two. And that was... Uh, that was stressful for, you know, the first two turns when they can do all their output. Um, mm-hmm. and, but I was able to neutralize enough targets and I played you in round three and that was hairy for a minute. Um, well, for a long minute, for about three turns to be fair. This is what I mean by a minute. Um, and then I got that long bomb off charge with the, the 20 waters and they, Felt like cleaned you up in the rune and so on. Yeah, played bow and round. Yeah, they four. got a nice big point swing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then was, bow, yeah. which was that's a yeah. hard counter. So that's that was, a good one. Yeah, but the like you know the whole not shooting shit. But at the time I was trying to focus more on combat with that army. I was shooting, so uh, I wasn't relying on the sentinels to do the work. I was more relying on the wardens. So that was that was good. And the rune fucked them up with the the magic and so on. And then um, I played Seraphon at the end, which was which was fine. So, yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like, I would like to play my Lumineth because I'd, I'd literally like to play right, my I think Lumineth. you're wild if you don't play Lumineth, honestly. Like, if I'd, you want to go to Masters and win it, I think you play Lumineth. You don't even think about anything else. I'd love to play my Lumineth from last year and see if I could win it again. I mean, obviously the points have changed because the points have increased on their list. So I'd yeah. have to drop a couple of endless spells, essentially, is what it would be. But I'd love to play that same list again, just to see if I could do it with the same fucking list. Um, yeah. and, but additionally, the two prior masters before that, I've played um, Stormcast. And the two Stormcast lists that I played uh, came in fourth both times, prior to the last master. So I went fourth, fourth, and then a win. And I'd love to win it with Stormcast, but the issue, again, like I said, the big issue is that I'd probably sell out and I'd probably play, you know, four dragons and six long strikes and the night draconis, so essentially it's five dragons. Uh, but the, the issue is I can't buy the fucking physical models because they're all sold out throughout Australasia. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, man, like, I like, and, but even like Fulminers, long strikes are still good, but they don't give up additional, but they give up additional points, so I don't know, I need to, I need to, um, play some games and figure out how I feel about trading units at the moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, the like, long, if, if the long, long strikes, strikes, like the long strikes should be fine. Yeah. Should. But then I come up against should. the Seraphon army and they fuck on them and I'm like, sweet, I've just given you an additional two points, you know, because yeah. Seraphon will kill long strikes easily, like without question. But then if I play against, say, like a Fire Slayer's army, I'm just like, I'm just going to sit the back and board and, and kill you all day, you know, sort of thing. So it's super matchup. We need to see who's in the top 20. We need to find out what the pack is for missions. And yeah, but I don't own a Seraphon army. I'm not going to go out and buy Seraphon army. I don't care that I much. Know. So. Yeah. But I'd say I think Sarah, I'm going to play Archeon, to be honest. I dude, I'd love to play my corn. I'd love to yeah, just think, try Scarbrand people all weekend. Yeah, I think I'm going to play Slaves of Darkness Archeon. That's what I'm going to do because I don't have to buy anything, and um, we're looking at buying a house, obviously. So like, I can't go out and just buy all the fucking models that I want. 
Um, even uh-huh. if it's for like just a fun list, because I'd probably play Kragnos if I could. Um, but I have to buy models, and I can't really like justify doing that. So I think I play Archeon to be fair. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, because can do some fun techy stuff, which is not going to be the most optimal thing I can do. But at least I'll have fun playing the games because I'm not going there to win. Um, mm-hmm. Or even really compete for the podium. Um, I just want to get down there and play some hammer and in, in, um, in person and get on the beers. So it'll be good. It'll be good. But give give some good yeah, games. I'm not going to give anybody a, a easy game or a shit game, but um, definitely yeah. not in the not taking anything that'll be in the running to win. If I wanted to try and even have a glimpse of that, um, I'd take my dock. But I can't be fucked playing that army. It's so fucking boring right now. Um, it's actually. I just put it up on Facebook not long ago, so if you are looking for a daughter's army. <laughs> yeah, shameless plug. I do kind of want shameless to Shameless plug, my daughter's army. <laughs> no, this, this podcast is all about shameless plugs. Don't even stress about it, eh? Like, it's, it's no sweat. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know you say you're going to play Archeon and Slaves, you're going to be super modest about it, but. Archeon is best within slaves with what he can do with like war shrines and cow sword and sorcerer and all that sort of shit. Um, so I feel like you still give people a fucking hard time to be fair. Um, and knowing the player and the ability that you have, Tubby, I feel like you would still do well, but I don't know if that would, you know, I do, I do feel like AOS is, almost at the point of, like, a list matchup. Like, you know, like, you look at lists and you'll be like, this list should beat this list nine out of ten times sort of thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say it's quite there, but, like, yeah, I look at, like, I look at the Luminef list I played, and then I look at Rohan's Sonesh list, for example, and I feel like I should win that game almost ten out of ten times, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way you lose that game. Uh you have to really have a stroke to to lose that game, and that's well, not because Rohan's a bad player. No, and again, that's because not, Luminous is a very good army, and Slanesh is a very below tier army. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's terrible. And again, my my army, well, not my army. I shouldn't say that. Jack's army that I used gives up three additional points a turn because it's got three foxes in it, right? Hmm. And Against the armies I played at the, you know, two weekends ago, it wasn't an issue. I only lost uh, two foxes to to James because I forgot how that they could move out essentially for a turn. I left them in combat when they didn't have to be in combat, and I mean I dropped two points. I dropped two out of fifteen points, as in two out of an additional fifteen points across the whole tournament, because i got three foxes, if you kill them each game, three points, it's 15 points, etc. You don't need me to explain basic mass. Um, I'm pretty alright with that, eh? If I can only drop two out of 15, I'm pretty alright with that. And really, I probably should have only yeah. dropped one out, of the, one out of the two, because I think one of them was going to die, regardless of what I did. Yeah. But the other one, I felt like I could have done something about. So, how, how, Did you play any armies with any actual shooting output with that list? No, that's the thing. Like I didn't. Like if I played a if that's, I played a Seraphon, I don't think I would have gone as well. Yeah. Because like I have the range and movement on Seraphon, but the foxes aren't easy to. I mean, if you got any amount of shooting, they're pretty easy to kill. Especially because two of them aren't heroes, and I've got no way to heal them in my list. So, 
yeah. if I'd run a if I'd run a wind mage, then I might have had ways to heal him. Wind mage, but it's actually kind of good. Wind mage is low key pretty oh, good, but it's the terrible. But the law seeker is legit good. Although in the yeah. tournament that we played, he was legit bad because he only worked on like two out of the five missions. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Anyhow, so. That's our master's talk, I guess, unless... Do we want to shout out the top 20 that made it to master's? Yeah, why not? Well, do you want me to shout out? Because I know you're not going to do it. So do you want me to shout out? You know, see how good my reading skills are? Have you got it pulled up? I do, my dude. I do. you're organised. Yeah, so we'll... I'll shout out the top 20, at least. So New Zealand master's... We've probably explained this before, but we need to give everyone their, their day in the sunlight. So uh, there's tournaments around the country. The calendar year ends, tubby when? Like end of March sort of thing? Um, yeah, like end of March. That's, yes. that's So that's when the cutoffs end for your like eligibility to go to Masters. And then there's, so Masters is on the 28th and 29th of May, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. So there's basically like two months until masters, but like people need to get flights and get sussed and accept the invites and buy their new netlist, whatever. So what masters is, if people don't know, is it's an invite only tournament to supposedly the best players within the country that are ranked in the top twenty. Um, please jump in to me if I'm wrong here, but from what I understand, a top twenty get an invite. And if anyone in the top 20 uh, declines, it extends to the next highest ranked person up to the top 30. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so it caps at the top 30. So say if 20 out of the top 20 decline, it then goes from 21 to 30, by example. So, um, but it's in Wellington this year, and the vast majority of the top 20 players are in Wellington, so I expected to get 20 players. So we'll shout out the top 20, and essentially it's a, it's a dick measuring contest for um, the, the top-ranked players, for everyone that cares. If you want it, like me and Tubby have won it before, you don't really care because you're too cool for school. But if you haven't won it, like most of these people, I don't think anyone in this list has actually won it except us. So these guys yeah, all probably yeah. care. Is that fair? Is um, that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've pulled it up if you want me to do it because my voice has probably um, got more in it than yours. Please. Says. Yeah, because I need to lubricate the vocal cords. All right. So number finishing in number one uh, is Bo uh, for, I think, the second or third year running. So shout yeah, out Bo. Yeah, said it a couple of times. Uh, so second on the podium is James Struthers, who was on the podcast earlier. Uh, and then in bronze on third is Trey. Uh, so following that, I'll just run all the way down to 20. Sean's next at number four. Uh, Alex Sinclair at five. Jesse Cairns at six. Sam Barnard at seven. I think he's the first Auckland player, which is cool. Uh, yep. Jesse Lee at eight. Uh, Anthony Nelda at nine. He'll be looking for his first tournament win at Masters, which will be um, a big push for that follow. I fucking love Anthony. He's like always <laughs> he, fourth or fifth on. Oh, like, he, he always finishes really high, but he's never like. He's nah. always like round five, table one. Eh? But 
but not even that, because he's always like round five, table one, and then unfortunately he always loses. And then if you're at a big enough event and you lose on table one, you drop to like fifth or sixth in the rankings. It's really shit. Like I, I hope he's got a top three. I don't know if he has, but he's. he's I think he's got top threes. He just he's, hasn't got that. that he's gold definitely yet. been in striking distance anyway. Sorry, yeah. but shout out Anthony. Anthony, I love you. You're a nice dude. Uh, Ten Fraser Baker, eleven Stephen Morris, twelve Michael Fell, uh, thirteen Stephen Elliott, uh, fourteen Rohan, fifteen Mitch Bitch Party, uh, sixteen Aiden, uh, seventeen Dylan Smith, eighteen Tim Lee, nineteen Ryan Lynn Watts, and twenty Luke Burrow. So that is our top twenty players that all definitely get invites. Then. Um, where did you finish, my friend? So I finished the 23rd, 23rd with two events at 195 points. Yeah, so if you win an event and it's of an appropriate size, you get 100 points. Tubby obviously won one of those events and then finished very high at another event. Yeah, uh, like first so, and second. Yeah, so like, for example, the guy above him, Callum, has eight events and Tubby has two. So, like... And then the guy below Tubby has three events. So uh, had Tubby registered one more event, he would definitely would have been in the top 20. But it's um, it's no sweat because you have been sent an invite. Is that right, Tubby? So yeah, yes, yeah. so I got my invite 20. and I've accepted it. So I'm, I'm yeah. coming. Fantastic. We need to find a find a house as well. That's yeah. the other thing we need to do is find a fucking an Airbnb for the weekend. Yeah, I'm keen as ever for Masters. It's going to be good. No, it's super good though, because the last time I saw you keen for Masters, you won it. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but I think that's about it, dude. Like, is there anything else you want to discuss? Any other, no, any other gossip think... or any other drama or any anything else about New Zealand you want to discuss to our international listeners, which is the majority of our listeners? Anyone uh, you want to shout out? Anyone you want to throw love to? I don't think I have too much love to throw, to be honest. I wish Aiden would stop taking photos of himself and putting it on Twitter. Um, that's my only real wow. shout-out, to be honest, for the New Zealand let, community. Aiden, let, please, not every day. I don't need to see you in your same white singlet put in the same pose. Let the guy enjoy the fact that he's lost some weight and he's gotten shot. <laughs> like, that's, as, as a bigger man which I am, and Aiden was a bigger man who is now a smaller man. Just just let him live his best life. You don't need to put... Oh, he'll, he'll be jerking about getting his name called out twice. Yeah. He's not going to come to Masters as well. He's probably one of the ones who declined. So, um... No, there's no way. He's not even going to listen to it. He's quit AOS yeah. pretty much, hasn't he? Yeah. I think he's he's hard and, uh... This is way too much time we've dedicated to Aiden, but this, I think he's hard in the middle with. But anyway, I think we'll just end it there, dude. And uh, yeah, so Mas- Masters is end of May, which is next month. But I think we'll do a couple of shows between now and then, just trying to build up the hype and, um, yeah, yeah. you know, and Once go from there. Out, eh? Let's go. Absolutely. Then we can Absolutely. really fucking get into it. We've also got to talk about, and I'm not inviting it now, but we've also got to talk about Notorious GT 2022. Yeah. Which is in progress. We do have a date. Listeners, we are, we have a date. It's in October. I would tell you the date if I remember it off the top of my head, but I don't. Uh, I think it's like the second weekend of October, so keep it free. We're hard capped at 50 players, but it is going to be, um, if you have it, if you, if you live in New Zealand and you've never been to a tournament, it will be an event you don't want to miss because we like to run a premier event 
and um, it is unlike any other event that you would have attended within the country. So we'll, we'll leave it at that, and we'll talk about it a bit more when we have a bit more details to release, but I'm essentially doing all the, the grunt work now, trying to drum up sponsorship and trying to get people to give us free shit so we can pass it on to our, to our players and go from there. But anyway, I think that is about it for the moment. Tubby, very much appreciate you coming on, considering you didn't plan the event. I know it's always hard to sort of, you know. I got to have like a five-minute ramble. It's like good old times. No, you did. Getting back into AOS, so I get to have a little fucking mm, off-the-cuff fucking not everybody, basically nobody's going to agree with it, Jan, which is good. Yeah, and I'm glad, I'm glad. Wait up. Just two secs, and I might be speaking out of school here, but given that you don't have a local player base, mm-hmm. did you want to give out your Steam handle for games on TTS, or is that me being a bit too? Oh, like, it's yeah, it's whatever. I'm I'm just AOS tubs when um you see me pop up on Discord, so always keen, always yeah. keen to play. Just because I know that you don't have a a big player base there, whereas like I can play games in person is. Yeah, yeah. TCS is TCS is the the best thing. Just um, jump in the yeah. Just jump in the old um. I think it was Rage of Sigma, but it's now like Tough Crowd Discord that we're in, and like they're always fucking playing. Auto, they're always playing as we're at. Oh, are they? I've never actually like um looked on that for games because I assume they won't be playing at the same times. But with my weird hours, I can probably get games against those. Oh no, dude. They yeah, they seem to play early morning, like. Mm. Not early, early, but you know, like, just jump in there, bro. Just like, get active, because it's a, it's a, this is really shitty content, because it's a very exclusive, <laughs> it's a very exclusive club. So, they're like, they're like yeah. three hours into it now, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, there's like 40 people in there, and they're super into it, and anyway, but yeah, they're, essentially they're like five hours behind, five hours in front of us, but like a day behind, yeah. is what I'd say. So, you know, it's like 10 o'clock at night for us. But it'd be like three in the morning for them on Friday, whereas we're about to finish Friday. But anyway, we'll we'll leave it there, and we'll have some chats in the coming weeks. We'll talk about our announcements for Notorious GT2 2022, which is pretty legit. Uh, and we'll talk more about Masters. We'll talk more about games. Um, do you want to do like a daughter's review when it comes out? Like, because it's, yeah, it's, it's it's still an army that I like. Have spent a lot of time at. We can absolutely go over the daughter's book. Mm-hmm. We can go over the night haunt book too because I've played that a bunch and I, I really do like that army. Uh, I think I enjoyed it and played it more than Andrew did. I just stole his army every time. To be fair, so fucking boring. But whatever, we can talk about it if you want. <laughs> do you know anyone who plays night haunt? Anyone that plays night haunt, fucking get into my DMs and you can come on the <laughs> podcast because it's a dumb fucking army. It's just like no, no, random. I four up saves. It's just dumb in my mind. And I put Negation, it's really good. And Negation, I want to see if there's like a rebuttal to the Primal Hunters for the Battle Time because Night Haunts those Primal Hunters. And when the Battle Time comes out, surely it's going to change. It's probably going to be bent. At least it's just like, yo, my Battle Time shit here. Checking Primal Hunters. I don't know. Yeah. Preemptive poses. Yeah. Anyway, let's just finish it there. We'll wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening, listeners, and we will be back in your ears when we figure out a topic and a time to record. See you, lads. Later, bro. 
been listening to Notorious Age of Sigmar with Sean and Tubbs. Like what you heard? Then leave a review or check us out on Twitter at AOSSean89 and AOSTubbs. See you next time. 